I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 467 of the Chuck and Brad Podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. How you doing, Brad? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. What's wrong? What's you wrong know what? I, I can honestly say I'm doing okay. Oh, good. All right. Yeah. So get a big I, that, sigh. That, that why well, I had to really think about the question. Right. Uh, and I realized I can honestly say I'm doing okay good. rhymes, and, and that wasn't my intention. I can honestly say that I'm doing okay. Right. Honestly, like that, I would not be interested in whatever that guy is about to say, because he's like, he doesn't have any issues. Right. No conflict. But... Uh, then, then he reveals that he's been lying for the past 466 episodes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty, episodes, pretty right. great, huh? Yeah. So, uh, so what's going on with you? Um, you know, still working from home and, uh, it, it's, it's, that is, has been kind of a struggle where it's getting to the point where my routine is just so routine that I'm oh, like, Oh, I need crazy. something. Yeah. Maybe a neighbor could, neighbor kid could throw a brick through a window and it yeah. would be like different. <laughs> If you want to, want to hear something true, I didn't tell you about this. I wanted to save it for the podcast. Oh, yeah. I feel like my body is falling apart. Oh. And I can't even figure it out why. I'll tell you. Here's some reasons. Ready? One. Like, Tried to throw a brick this, through this, my this, window. This, this bounces is, off the window. This is normal. So a lot of times my elbow to my like hand will hurt. Like, yes. Depending on different parts from editing a lot. Right. Or, yeah. You do a little know, mouse movement because yeah, yeah, you, you aren't using the, the tool that I bought you. Yes. Uh, not yet. Okay. But still. But sometimes my elbow hurts because I'm resting it on a oh. surface that's too hard. Yep. I, I had it on my left side. I, I built a cushion on my chair. You know that. <laughs> I do. But my right side has started to hurt, right? Yep. Also, the way I sit, my shoulder started to burn. It was burning, so I had to get this whole big shoulder thing with the ice in it. Yes. Okay. So there's that. Second thing, and this is brand new, never had this before in my life, and I'm frightened. When I lay down or sit down for a long time... Mm-hmm. When I get up to walk, my knees and ankles hurt wicked bad. Ooh, okay. And I don't know what to do about it. Between the two of us, we, we're uh, physically incapable of walking after we've been laying down for a long time because mine, it's, it's my hips and knees. Okay, so uh, I, don't know, I don't know what it is. I, I, mine is just old age. See, like mine started like two days ago, extreme yep. in both knees and both hips. Do you remember seeing like Mick Foley walk down to the ring and he'd kind of like sideways shuffle and then raise one hand? Yeah. That's basically me in the morning. That's, <laughs> something's wrong with me too. This, But mine is like, I never had any issue like okay. this. Okay, I've had issues I've for never years. had yeah. knee anything. I right. ran on a treadmill. Yep. All of a sudden... Like when I get up in the morning, it hurts and I'm stiff and I walk like that and I go down one step at a time in my home. Yep. Um, but all of a sudden that happened. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to Google it and I put like knees hurt after laying down, ankles hurt after laying down. Everything is like knees hurt when laying down and I can't find oh, okay. what accurately describes what I'm right. talking about. So, but I did read it's like, it's like you could really easily kind of hurt your knee a little bit. Uh, that that will go away really like you know right quick. But you could it doesn't have to be like a crazy thing that happens to you. You could just hurt your knee. And I was doing some pretty severe, uh, like stretches the other day where I was pulling my knees in different directions, yep. and I'm hoping it's just that right, and that's affecting my ankles. But it's fucking like it's yeah. scary. So so wrist, yep, and and elbow, yep, and shoulder, yep, right, joints, knee knee and ankle, yep. Um, I'll be honest with you, Brad. 
How's Since the beginning of quarantine, I've had pretty severe diarrhea. Uh-oh. I don't know if it's the oat milk. I think it's the oat milk. <laughs> but you're all in on oat milk. I was all in on oat milk. And a couple days ago, I'm like, I'm like, this diarrhea. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm eating grilled chicken, broccoli, bananas. It's not adding up. I went off the oat milk, uh-huh. switched to almond milk for a little bit. Diarrhea improved significantly. Oh, interesting. Significantly. How can imagine <laughs> like if you went from imagine if you went from trying to pick up like a bowl of pasta sauce by uh-huh. reaching into it, yep, or picking up like just a bunch of big hot dogs. Okay, that's how much it improved it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, disgusting. <laughs> saying it i i didn't want to use any gross things so i just used normal food that we like <laughs> yes <laughs> to describe my so, bms so there's that and final thing i don't know if you really know about this on my hand i don't okay. know if you know about this do you know about the thing right here no i have a thing it's on my left hand um on my index finger okay towards the base you know how your finger is kind of three three little hot dogs yeah yeah, yeah. the bottom <laughs> the bottom little cocktail wiener the fattest uh-huh on the side of my thumb for a long time from playing guitar right and, and sliding and like, my, right, right above the webbing right yeah okay sliding my hand up and down the neck of the guitar right you know when you have an high e string mm-hmm. the guitar it's very thin it's yep. the thinnest string um and sometimes you, if you also, if you have a poorly made guitar or mm-hmm. an old guitar, right. I don't know if you've dealt with this, you know, the metal frets, Yep, they can actually go off the guitar a little bit and just be kind of pointy. jagged or yeah. pointy. Yeah. So if you slide up and down, you're playing shows, you're doing things. Right. A lot of times it nicks your finger right there. Right. Your finger's rubbing at the screen. It kind of gets tougher. You get like a little bit of a callus. Yep. So I have a weirdly hard... Uh, dry skin problem right there. Okay, that makes sense. Right? But because of the quarantine, I'm washing my hands so much. Yep. I'm using Purell. I'm using Clorox wipes when I have to. Yep. It's become so rough and tough that it like bleeds and cracks. Oh, no. That's yeah, not good. Yeah, so I'm like falling apart. Let me tell you how you're like my dad. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, number one, his hands, uh, he suffers from like terrible dry skin to the point where he'll get like plastic gloves that you'd see at like a supermarket and just kind of put a bunch of lotion in there and then put them on and then use rubber bands to affix them to his hands. And so it sits in like lotion and then his hands heat up like... He'll do that like multiple times a day, multiple days in a row. Every day? Yeah. Like twice a day uh, for like 15 minutes, once in the morning, once in the evening for like two or three weeks. For two or three weeks? Well, like he'll, he'll do it every day and, you know, and hopefully then the, the time of dry skin has passed and his hands. Oh, so his hands go with the dry skin period. Yeah. It's not all the time. It's not all the time, no. Like a stegosaurus. Um, and then what was, uh, let's see here, it was your uh, hip, hey, his, he's got a bad hip. Oh my God. Oh uh, boy, it was something specific you said. Um, I don't know. Uh, however, I did have an Knees, old, ankles. an old boss who, uh, he would, he would take his right index finger and rub it along the outside of his left pinky finger. People on the video can see what I'm talking about, but he'd just like walk around the restaurant doing this. And, uh, videos? yeah, we found out much later. It was like, like a weird skin condition on his hands. And that was his way of itching his, his pinky finger. Now I don't want to cause fear. Oh, you fuck. But he did eventually have his pinky finger amputated. For what? What are you talking about? I don't know. It was something more you serious than just... You are the worst just, person in the world when it comes to like... I'm aware of Health this. anxiety. It gets worse. Last, it gets worse because he was also... Shit. He had some alcoholism issues and he like drove him out of his mind and he died young. Eh, oh, not young. that's... that's yeah. 
that's way better. Yes. Because it won't happen to me. Right. Well, I'll make it. Okay. Right, it's well, worse. It's worse for him. He was in a band for a long time and oh. it started with. <laughs> no, no. It, that's worse for him. I feel yes. bad. But like, man, you're not good at helping people with help. You know what? No, happened? Watch, no. watch. Tell me something terrible that happened to you. Tell me that you, well, no, your, I, look, your I'm, brain I'm, is swollen. First of all, it's Ready? not. Ready? Watch. Yeah. Okay. My brain is swollen, Chuck. Oh, really? Let me look up some facts. Let me see. I, it's, it says here that like this is really common and it always just goes away. That's really... So that's no big deal. Yeah, but that's... First of all, that's not what it actually says. The swelling, you know. swelling of your you brain would you be a serious thing. You can't see my How would you know? I just know. I, I, I saw you, you, no, no. You, you typed on the thing with like clumping. I mean, it's like, how would you even know? <laughs> your brain is You're like, listen. Listen, I don't know if I should go to the doctor. My brain is <laughs> <laughs> I would tell you it's no big deal. Don't sweat it. Yep. But I but like you, you're like last week I'm like last oh, week you told like, me to look like, up <laughs> fun facts about shingles and I was reading straight off an article that was called fun facts about yeah. shingles. Okay. So our buddy Ray Harrington, he's a comedian in Rhode Island. He's international, but he's in Rhode Island. He lives here, resides here. He's been on our podcast many weeks recently since we started doing the video cast. And uh, he wasn't on recently because he got shingles. And so I was like, oh, look up some fun facts about shingles. And you're telling me that you looked up fun facts about shingles and these are the, the fun list. You got to call it audible when you see that you, he's telling Ray and the podcast that Ray's going to go blind. He's going to lose his brain and have brain damage. You said he's going to what? He's going to have pain for years. Yes. And he's, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You said all these terrible. You basically, you were like the ghost of Christmas future to, you, to Ray in the quarantine. Look, the you, shingles. you didn't ask for uh, only fun facts about shingles. You wanted all the facts about I, shingles. I, I didn't want you wanted the roar you know and that's what you got <laughs> i guess that's, i guess that's true that's not what i wanted anyway what here's what i want to hear you ready yes your elbow and wrist stuff is just from overuse and you know you wear your wrist brace that's, i'm wearing a wrist brace right now that's absolutely what and, i believe and it'll be better yes and you know you can ice your shoulder and i did and it's okay okay i, I bought a, uh, a a heating pad for my shoulder because i was hunched and yes. like tense uh, and it clips and it looks like a little cape yeah i like that. it's not cool at all i think it's cool uh no <laughs> if you were wearing it you'd be like no i look like a weenie in this there's that and then you know my knees and my ankle just a freak thing it's gonna go away by the weekend i also believe that and then my finger it's going to be the moistest skin you've ever seen. No, you're going to have to amputate your finger, but everything <laughs> else on. will heal. Let's see. Left finger pointer. No, that'd be wicked bad. No, that would be terrible. I don't think you'll actually have to amputate it. All right. It's pretty dry. Well, moisten it. I do. I don't know. I, I will say another thing too is like Gina's like, oh, you should take some like Tylenol or anti-inflammatory for your knees and ankle thing mm -hmm. that just started the other day. Do you ever feel like... All right. I have a non-fun fact. Don't tell me it. No, it, I mean, it's important though. What? They say that uh, in this time of COVID-19, that ibuprofen or mm. an anti-inflammatory uh, reacts negatively. Because somehow, if you have the choice between taking acetaminophen yeah. or uh, ibuprofen, yeah. yeah, Tylenol or Advil. Um, Backwards? Uh, Tylenol is what you want to take. Oh, okay. During the time okay. of COVID nineteen, yes. okay. Uh, it, it, you know the the pain blocker less right. less so than the non steroid yeah. non steroidal anti inflammatories. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Oh, that was it. My dad said he uh, 
I, I talked to him on Sunday and he said his doctor gave him new pain pills for his like hip and knees. And he said, the past two days have been the best two days of my life because I've been so pain free. He's like, I didn't remember what it was like to be without pain in my knees. Wow. And I'm like, the, the two best days of your life, huh? You have, you have three kids, dad. <laughs> three kids and a hundred grandkids. Do I, where do I, yes. where's July 10th, 1978 ranking all this, dad? Uh, see, well, here's the thing. So Gina said, you should take a painkiller. Yes. And I said, I don't want to mm -hmm. because my logic is I want to know what makes it feel better and worse. Mm, okay. And so I want to react to that. I took three ibuprofen this morning. For what? Uh, my back and hips. Yeah. Well, if you've had that problem for a while and it's yeah. kind of just similar, I mean, it's different. I My ankle, like knee thing mm -hmm. has to be related to something. Right. It just, it was, it was so immediate and so extreme. It was crazy. Yeah. Well, but thank you all say, for tuning in to Chuck and Brad's health woes. I was going to I was going to say, you know how quickly it goes away in the morning? Five minutes. Yeah. Is that how it is for you? Uh, no, no. Well, you know, sometimes it is. Sometimes, you know, like after the shower, I'll do some stretches and that helps. The stretches help? Yeah. Wow. Hips specifically. Oh, I see. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I have super tight muscles and not like in a good way. Uh, and, and that's just a, a thing I have to deal with, so... Damn. Wow. Well, yeah. I hope this just goes away. Yeah, I think it will. Uh, if you're a Chuck and Brad like, listener, the, the, you want to lie about being a doctor and also lie about how I mean, all you can my be health honest about are, being a doctor. If you want all my health problems are no big deal and they're going to go away immediately, please email us at chuckandbradgmail.com. Bad news is not welcome. If bad news, just put attention, Brad, in the <laughs> oh, subject no. line. <laughs> hey, Chuck. And you, you swore to me. Fun facts about <laughs> yes. your injuries. Oh, God. Damn. I, you know, I think you'll have a wrist problem uh, because you, you just use it all the time. But everything else, I think, will go away. Oh my god, I hate you so much. I'm just saying, maybe, problem? maybe if somebody buys you a cool device that will help will you learn. edit video, there's a learning curve. Yeah, I don't know how to do that. <clears throat> All right, I'm trying to pinch it and squeeze it. I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. There's no pinching and squeezing it. It's hard plastic. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, I, but we're going to talk about learning curves in a minute. Oh, I good. Freaking, I'm I'm sick of learning curves. Um, one thing I wanted to say at the beginning of this podcast, we're recording this. It is 8:38 p.m. Eastern time on may 12th uh but this will be coming out thursday may 14th stand-up comedian mark normand is coming out with a new special today may 12th uh -huh. so by may 14th it'll be up it's free on youtube wow on his youtube uh his youtube is mark normand um the special is called out to lunch i think he's one of the best up-and-coming comics i think he's excellent he's been on tour with amy schumer for years he's open for Jerry Seinfeld recently, like handpicked by Jerry Seinfeld, right. you know, Louie, all these different people. Like, uh, he's, he's incredibly, you know, he's done, he's done a lot. Um, he's great. He's been on like, I think he's been on like 12 late night shows. He's just awesome. He has a great podcast called Tuesdays with stories. Right. His co-host Joe List is awesome too. Joe has been on our podcast. Um, but you know, he's, he, he filmed the special himself. He funded it himself and he's putting it out himself for free on his YouTube. So if you can go watch it for free, if you have the time, if you like comedy, if you're interested in maybe even like a new podcast and you want to check him out this way, go check out youtube.com slash Mark Normand and check out his special out to lunch. It'll be up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just great. And I wanted to let people know about it. I did a little bit of graphical work for his promotional videos tied to this special. Um, I'd love to work with Mark and Joe and Tuesdays with Stories. Um, obviously, I've had a lot of fun and uh i think we've had a lot of success with the tell steve dave patreon which is another podcast patreon and i'd love to work with uh tuesdays um and mark and joe who i believe are both 
awesome comics yep. with voices that I love that are super unique and that line up with exactly like this thing, uh, the, the thing inside me that I grew up with in terms of comedy. Like I was listening to Tuesdays and Mark's like, he's like, yeah, I went to the, into the fountain at Central Park and there was all this like, I was stepping in, I was stepping into the water and there was all this jizz and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, no one uses jizz like that. Like I, yeah. I, that's how I use jizz. You do. But I love Tuesdays with Stories, one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, yeah, Mark is just great. He's so funny. Um, I can't even wait to watch the special. I haven't watched the special. I've just seen the promotional clips that I worked on. Um, but check it out. He's great. If you like stand-up comedy, you're going to love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a bum out to me that... Uh, I don't know. I just... I just uh, I feel like... I'm not going to say. I don't want to talk down about anybody else. Right. But... Uh, Man, Joe and Mark are going to come out with specials independently this summer together. You know, se- like separately. Yeah. But they're both going to come out with them this summer, um, including Mark's right now. And uh, I don't know. It's just really interesting. Same thing with Sam Marill. Sam Marill is great, too. And he just came out with a special that's released for free on YouTube as yeah. well. Um, but check out Mark's special out to lunch. It's out now. Um, and uh, listen to Tuesdays with Stories. It's a great podcast. I wanted to say that up front before I forgot about it. So one of the other things I want to tell you about in terms of learning curve okay. is what I was talking about. Bring it on. Man, one thing that's been chapping my dick. You're, you're going to put lotion on that as well? <laughs> or you're going to have to have it amputated. <laughs> if my dick was cracking, oh. Soak it in a bag of lotion. 15 minutes. <laughs> this is what Brad told me. Brad said. <laughs> um, so I basically, you know, I've been doing film work for a long time. And, you know, I've been in a band for a long time. We do the podcast. I got to be honest. One thing I hate about all the stuff that we do, all the creative stuff that I've done. What is it? What is it? Uh, apparently a learning curve. Of some gear. Oh, uh, gear. I hate gear. Yes. I hate gear. Yes. Technical, uh, like the, the behind the scenes, technical nonsense. Oh, my Everything God. Everything from like lighting to cameras to stands. To microphones, to recorders, to laptops and oh, tablets. Oh, we have to figure out these profiles in Adobe Audition. Like, Oh, my God. The gear, the learning, the time. It's, it's a lot. So you are in the market for a new video camera setup yes. for well, your video camera work. So what's, hard, what's right. hard for me is that like I always want our stuff to be really high quality. Yes. So... You know, with our podcast, we've gone through many different microphones and we've <laughs> bought and returned a million microphones. I'm concerned a lot less with quality. If I were filming this for the RI Food Fight <laughs> social media, it would just be a bunch of Polaroids and it would be a flip book. But like, <laughs> That'd be hard. But me manually doing it where it's just a stack and I'm like tapping one off at a time. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah no, like, like you know, we, we, we go through this with the podcast with the microphones that we buy yes. and, and test out and return. I, if you, there's a certain... Like URL, if you go to, you can access our server and you would just see under mic tests, you just see a million microphones of right. all of us talking and testing stuff. Um, and what do you know? We ended up with the SM58s. Um, but uh, yeah, so over the years, it's, it's. I mean, I've never really talked about this in the podcast because it's, it's not super interesting, but it's part of the story is like, I hate upgrading cameras. I, I love getting used to a camera, getting used to how it reacts to light getting used to how my editing goes, my workflow, the coloring and the, and the color correction and stuff right. like that. Right. When, when I first started, you know, hanging out with you, you were like, this is the same camera they used to film Jackass. Yeah, that's, the one, like that's that. the one we yeah. had. Yes. And I saved up for that for years. It was like $3,200 when I got it. Yep. Um, and uh, it sucks because what I realized is I really should just be like, I should buy a new thing, like a camera. Right. After saving up. 
And I should immediately start putting money aside for the next time I have to upgrade. That's how I feel about my car, honestly. It's crazy. And and so, you know, I've upgraded cameras probably a total of like five times since I was like, you know, maybe 18 or something like that. Okay. So basically a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I really got to start saving up for a new camera because what I was working with for a long time was like the pan a Panasonic camera that was a camcorder style that shot in 1080p that I got maybe in 2000 I don't know I want to say 13 14 right and now it's 2020 and since then I've been working with so many people that have DSLRs and uh, mirrorless cameras and other camcorder style cameras that are a lot newer and I've really been looking at what I want to do you know we shot the tell them Steve Dave live at the Gramercy with that we're shooting it we were shooting a new t- tell them Steve Dave live show uh, this June, it obviously got moved because of coronavirus, but we're still going to shoot that at some point. Um, and I wanted a better camera in terms of, honestly, the main thing was in terms of sharpness. Um, I really gravitate towards documentary films. So right. I liked the look of my camera. Yeah. And by the way, the one that Brad was talking about, the one that was the camera they used for Jackass, it was an up, like that was what we had for a while. And the one I w- have been using for the past couple of years was an upgrade from that. That was a high def camera. Yeah. Um, and obviously now everything is 4K. It's been 4K for years. Um, and uh, now there's up to, you know, now you can get 6K and stuff like that. So I basically started my hunt because of coronavirus. I was like, man, you know, I, I had a couple cameras in mind. They were so expensive. Like the one that was pitched to me by someone who I trust was like $2,200. And I was like, man, 2200 bucks. And I had, I saved up enough, but I wanted to buy an A camera and a B camera. Right, right. And I was like, man, dropping 2200 Do I need something that's this much? Yeah. It's funny because my main work is with five Tom. Five and a half Brad grocery trips. Yeah. Right. My main camera, you know, my main clients, if you want to call them clients, people I work with are Tell Them Steve Dave. Right. And they have no issue with my quality of, of camera. Right. So I'm really upgrading it for me and because I know that the film work can get better with that kind of stuff. So it was so hard to say I'm going to invest another 2200 I don't make that much money creatively. Right. So it took me almost two years to save up about $2,500. I saved up, I think, like almost $4,500, but I bought an editing computer uh, for $1,800. So um, so I was like, God damn. And like, like, I just had this money sitting there probably since like around Christmas, maybe January. And I was like, well, when I have time to take off of the videos that I'm doing and the articles and all the stuff, because we're so busy all the time. Right. When I have time, I'll do the research and figure out what I want. So when coronavirus started, I was like, oh, maybe now I can do it. Ray got a camera, the Lumix G85. Yes. And he's like, oh, this camera's uh, really inexpensive. It looks really good. I was looking up all the footage examples. And I was like, oh, for a B camera, this might be perfect for yeah. me. Um, so I got it. Honestly, I got it just to kind of play with it and see and if it, I liked it's it. point and shoot it's not camcorder style it's, right? yeah it's a mirrorless yeah. camera is what okay. it's called and um so i was like i was like man like this is this is this really will work for me for a b camera but now i'm, I'm whittling down to like eight ten a cameras and i'm trying to uh i'm trying to figure out what i want it's like the sony nx80 which is a camcorder style right it's like the sony a6600 which is a mirrorless camera and of course there are big differences there where it's like the camcorder styles, it's it's like a hybrid lens. You never have to switch out the lenses. Yes. With the mirrorless and the DSLRs, you do have to switch out the lenses, and it's like an infinite number of lenses you can get. Right. So even though the NX80 might be 2200 at the cheapest, right. and the A6600 with a lens is, let's say, you know, 15 or 1600 at the cheapest, what are you going to spend on lenses after that? Right. To, and Yeah. 
so it's this crazy spreadsheet and it's like I guess I just wanted to bring this up because this is part of my life right now that's so maddening where I have this spreadsheet of all the costs and everything. I'm looking at footage and it's like, well, this camera is good for this, but it's not good for this. This camera has this, but it's not good for this. The battery on this one is great, but the battery on this one is terrible. This one only takes first party batteries. Uh, this one's rolling shutter is bad. This one's autofocus is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, rolling shutter. Good. Yeah, that's. And I'm like, God damn, I can't believe how much I have to know. And it sucks because I talk to a lot of people that are qualified that know what they're talking about. Right. Every single person has a completely different opinion on what I should do. Nice. It's not even, it's not even like if, if you're shooting this type of stuff and you want to spend $1,800 on your A camera, right. this is the best camera to get. Like you'd think that eventually you could whittle it down to that. Absolutely nope. fucking not. <laughs> Absolutely. Not even remotely close. Right. So I am like right now, it's just, I'm waking up hobbling down the stairs right one stair at a time rubbing lotion on my abnormalities yep i'm, I'm in the bathroom Boy, with my diarrhea on all of the abnormalities <laughs> wondering if it's the oat milk i'm going to my computer i feel I, bad i've been drinking oat milk for the past I, week is this gonna happen to me i don't know i i have six emails from four different from six different camera experts all telling me that this camera is the best and this one is shit and the next one says the opposite the next one says a third version of that I'm just fucking, that's all my life is right now. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's been, I've been annoyed this week. I've just been had, I've had a hard week. It's it just, tough. It, seem, it seems gear, like, I'm, yeah, gear uh, is, is in, because there are so many possible permutations yeah, and people, of, of and what you can do. Gear. People love yeah. Oh, gear. Oh, yeah. I hate gear. Yes. And you know what I feel like? And this is not to knock anybody. This is just, this is just me personally. I feel like the more time you spend, uh, adjusting your gear and doing research on gear and figuring out this and trying out this, the less time you're spending on making the art. Don't you, isn't it? Just- I, I mean, maybe, but, but you, if you think about like the idea of a, a, a movie, you probably have people who are super knowledgeable about gear and, right. you know, and, and the, here's the thing, and that frees up other people to be creative. But in this case where right. you're both of those things, exactly, you have to know everything. Exactly. So yes, in a movie, when there's people who are there to monitor sound right. and be in charge of the microphone, I'm always, I'm always impressed when people are like, oh, this movie was shot with this kind of lens. And, and this is why it was shot with this kind of lens, because this kind of lens is the best at capturing this kind of light. Yes. And, and I'm like, huh. I know. I, I, I like the part where there was a car chase. Like, I know. I know. I know. It's so hard. So, yeah. Well, so that's the thing is I think on an independent level, when you're one person or you're two people right. or whatever, it does come down to your limited amount of time and what are you spending it on doing? Because there is a part of me that thinks if you get the perfect camera right, and you shoot this thing and your performance is whatever it is, let's say it's an A minus or a B plus. Right. Mine would be a B plus. And you get the 85% or you get the 85% perfect camera or the 70% perfect camera. The performance part matters way more than that stuff. That's true. You know? Yeah. So it's really tough. And I, and I feel like that with a lot of stuff. However, we kind of live in a world where there's so much competition for podcasting, for video work, for Photoshop work, for graphic yeah. design and video and stuff like that, that someone could, they, I see it all the time on Reddit. Someone will be like, yeah, if I listen to a podcast right away, if I listen to a podcast and the hosts are unbalanced or the audio is not great or this, I turn it off immediately. Yeah. I mean, we had someone on our podcast who said like, yeah, if I listen to a professional podcast and there's a cough in there, I'm like, oh, someone's not doing their job. Yeah. Or something like that. You know what I mean? I was like, anyway, so uh, I want to make uh, I want to make the best art possible. And I don't know if focusing on the technical aspect is the best way to do that. Yeah, it's tough. You know what I mean? It's a real, and it's a real balance because at the same time, 
I care deeply about quality. Like you think about the time we put into the podcast making the audio good and even now the video aspect. Right. How much time have we dedicated to the video aspect? Too much. So much. Yeah. I haven't been recognized once in my <laughs> daily walk from my front door to my mailbox and back. What the heck? I know. Yeah. So now it's, everyone can see this. Yeah. And they're not stopping me on the street. I know. Again, tough. I'm only on the street for like a maximum of 45 seconds per day. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. so anyway, I just, I guess I just wanted to take that uh, and then just tell people about kind of the struggle because it's yeah. a funny artistic struggle that I'd never see anyone really talking That's about. That's true. Especially the people on YouTube who are like camera people. Right. They just never say like, yeah, I wish I could spend more time creating content, but I'm like testing cameras and testing this right. and testing and testing and researching and testing and researching. Like what percentage of your time is making art and what percentage of your time is looking at the mechanics of the right. tools? It's just Because tough. there's always going to be new gear coming out and on the devil's advocate side uh the tools can greatly like imagine you know think about the parts of dark of dark knight shot in the imax form right it's like breathtaking someone had to figure that out yeah so it's 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 tough i'm just having this struggle um it's jason imax that yes, did it yes all right so let's get into some movies what you watch any movies this week i figure we'll do the invitation last <laughs> yeah because um, we, you know we watched that we both watched that movie on uh friday night uh we just wanted something light and so i'm like you know who's a comedian that i enjoy yeah quite a bit is kumail nanjiani oh he's the best and uh his movie stuber mm-hmm. was on hbo is his name Stu? his name is Stu, and he drives for uber so Stuber, uh, also in it is uh, you, like, you like titles like that, or you think that's weak? I didn't like the title. <laughs> <laughs> also in the film, it's called it's called Pizza Pizza Jut, and this guy's name is J- is Jut. Like I hate that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's like you tailor the person's name so that the title is like a pun. Right. You're creating a pun. It's like a Frankenstein pun. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're yeah, a little creating por- half portmanteau. The pun. Yeah. 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 Um, Dave Batista, the f- former wrestler, yeah, uh, is in it as well. And then I don't know his name. He was the lead in season one of American Vandal, the f- mockumentary oh, yeah. uh, on Netflix, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, Stu drives for Uber mm-hmm. uh, on the side, and uh, Dave Batista is a is a cop who's like trying to track down this drug lord. Uh, and he's also a little bit out of touch with technology. Mm-hmm. And he also had LASIK during the day. So he can't see well all day. Yeah. And so like Kumail has to kind of be his eyes throughout the day. And Kumail like wants to get together with his platonic friend, but, but maybe it's more. And, right. uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's a, a harmless like buddy cop film. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, nothing about it really surprised me. <laughs> there were some jokes in there that I really enjoyed. And uh, I think Kumail is just charming. And, yes, and maybe too. it's just because like we've heard him on so many podcasts yeah, and like him. have uh, such access to kind of his life story with the movie, The Big Sick. Yeah. And we saw him do, th- you know, we've seen him live. And yeah. Stuff like that. So uh, I think his, his charm uh, carried the film for me yeah. uh, and, and made me like it more than maybe I would have in, uh, in another, you know, with, with other casting. So, yeah. you know, a, a harmless watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that it'll be anyone's like movie of the year, but it, you know, if you're like, oh, I've got about two hours and I want to just kind of like watch a, like a, a movie with some, some good jokes and some, uh, you know, okay action. Like, yeah, go ahead and watch Stuber. Nice. That's good. Um, definitely, you know, definitely worth a watch. 
Yeah. Um, and then on Saturday night, I watched the movie Hotel Artemis, uh, which has stars Jodie Foster, uh, Sterling. Is it Sterling R. Brown? Sterling K. Brown? Mm. Sterling Brown? Uh, it's John Arbuckle. Yeah, there we go. And uh, and Dave Batista. <laughs> Why are you watching Batista so much? Uh, you know what? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, just uh, and then I watched Royal Rumble two thousand four. So no. Uh, Hotel, <laughs> Hotel Artemis. Basically, Jodie Foster is running. Uh, I think it's called a dark room, like a, a, a hospital for criminals. And oh, like a gang one? Yeah. Oh, cool. Like if you're a criminal and you get shot, you'd go here and Jodie wow. Foster would fix you I up. I didn't know it was called a dark room. That's cool. They, they make reference at the end of it. Would you go to one just for we could talk about the podcast? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you you, you want to shoot me? <laughs> I shot you in the leg. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, there are twists and turns yeah. and um, uh, Zachary Quinto is in it mm. and briefly Jeff Goldblum is in it. Oh, I love the Bloom. Yeah. Oh, Captain Bloom. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know... I uh, I thought it was fine. I wanted it to be a lot better than it turned out to be. I thought they mm. removed some dramatic weight from a moment that could have had a ton of it. Mm. Um, and I was kind of disappointed by that. I, uh, Charlie Day is in it. Mm. And uh, he was fine. It, so, you know, I, I think of the two, I probably preferred Stuber. Wow. Uh, but that's because it was like, Light Fun and, and light. funny, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hotel Artemis uh, was was a little more sour, a little more, uh, you know, dreary. Yeah, uh, and maybe we'll talk about movie lighting in a moment, but yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I think that was kind of the point of Hotel Artemis was supposed to be gritty. The people of Los Angeles are rioting because the water has been private, like water distribution has been privatized, and that company has shut off water Ooh. to the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone's rioting, and mm. and that's part of it. Um, so, you know, again. I, I wanted it to be better than it was, but, uh, you know, Jodie Foster's great in it, yeah. as you'd expect. Jeff Goldblum's great in it, as yeah. you'd expect. So, um, you know, I, th I, I think I paid to rent that, like through Amazon That's or something. Cool. Maybe, it's on, maybe it's on Amazon. I watched a new movie that I didn't really hear much about. Tell me about it. It's called Arkansas. Do you know about it? I don't know anything about it. You haven't heard about it? Uh, you know what? I, I, looked up, I looked it up on Just Watch yeah. to see what it was. It's a, a Clark Duke, right? Clark Duke directed it. Wow. Okay. Isn't that weird? Yes, it is. So Clark Duke is a comedian guy. He was in, he was in, he had a small role in the office. Yep. Uh, for a while. Um, he was in Hot Tub Time Machine. And Hot Tub Time Machine too. He was in, you know, I think it's like Mike, is it Clark and Michael? I don't know what it is. It was, a, it was a web series with Michael Sarah and yep. Clark Duke. And he was, he was probably in like, you know, other comedies as right. like a side character. Right. That I can't think of off the top of my head. And I, I generally like Clark Duke. Yeah. He was in this. So was one of the Helmsworths. Okay. Ian? Jimmy? Snippety? Ja? Pizza Ja. I think there's an I in it. Yeah, okay. Ooh, I should look it up. I don't want to say like I'm a dick. It's a Chris? Liam? It's not Chris. Liam. That's the one. Okay. Did he marry Miley Cyrus? Yeah, I think so. That's him. Okay. Um. So it was them and Vince Vaughn in a serious role. Wow. And I think that, I'm trying to think. Oh, and uh, Malkovich. Wow. Oh, I love. Yes. So basically, it's this movie just about kind of these guys that are drug dealers, mm -hmm. but they're part of like an organized uh, crime situation, not Italian at all. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, they live in this like rural area and they kind of are dealing with this hierarchy and um, it changes, but it's. I thought it was so strange. I thought it was really, really strange. How right? many references did they make to the fact that Arkansas is the natural state? 
um, than none. Oh, man. I'll say this, though. I'll say this. Two things. And I hope this doesn't come off as a spoiler because it's not. Okay. At, like, so Clark Duke and... Did, uh, did they call the hogs at any point? Woo, pig, suey. No. Ugh. Um, <laughs> then it wasn't really set in Arkansas. <laughs> so it's Clark Duke and Liam okay. Hemsworth. And at some point, they find someone above them, like, murdered by someone else completely that has nothing to do with them. Okay. And they're like, let's just not tell anyone about this and hide the body. And then they find like like $44,000 in that guy's house. And they're like, what should we do with this? Uh, should we take it? And then they're, they're like, no, like no one's going to think that, that much money just went missing. We have to leave it here and not tell anyone about it. And so they basically like take the heat for this murder and this lost money because they decide not to tell anybody. It's really weird. And, and they really stick to it. Eventually, the people above that guy right. are like, hey, what happened to this guy? And where's the money? And they're like, why don't you shut up about it? And it's like, that's it. And I'm like, and things go pretty badly for oh, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And like, it's in my head, I'm like, I'm like, why are they like taking this heat and taking this blame? And it just seemed like a really weird uh, turn to me. And the movie, is, I think it's shot really well. Right. Atmospherically, it's fun. The aesthetic is really fun. And I kind of think it's a fun watch, but ultimately a little less than satisfying in terms of a conclusionary, okay. you know, uh, experience. Okay. Uh, I but it's worth a watch. Yep. And it's brand new and directed by Clark Duke. Yeah. And like I said, aesthetic, atmosphere, shot really well. I, like, I really like that stuff. And I like the characters. I thought the characters were cool. Nice. Um, did you watch anything else? Uh, I watched the movie The Invitation, which you oh, also watched. That's right. I mean, for me, for me, separate. I will say... The only other thing I watched besides Invitation was more Sopranos. I Ooh, think okay. I have like six episodes left. I finished watching season two of Happy Endings yes, on Hulu. Right. Yes. Very enjoyable. Yes. Uh, you know, on my lunch. Yeah. Excuse me, my lunch break. Mm -hmm. You know, I come out, I prepare whatever lunch I'm eating, and then I sit down and watch an episode of that. And it's refreshing. Um, you know, How much of your $400 of groceries did you go through this week? You not, think? not, not enough. How much do you think? Like what percentage of money? Uh, I'm doing, I, uh, it's tough because like, Oh, you bought stuff that's like batteries. Right. Uh, but like, you know, I haven't started on that soda yet, mm -hmm. but like I ate mm -hmm. each, uh, you know, I bought two separate pounds of turkey, ground turkey and yes. I had made tacos and yes. I made chili and yes. those are gone. Yeah. Uh, shaved steak. Mm. Uh, I, I had sandwich number one tonight. I'll have two tomorrow and yes. three tomorrow night. Good. And, uh, sorry, number two and number three, I'm not going to have six total steak sandwiches in for over, <laughs> over the course of three meals. I mean, I could, huh? That's nobody's, right. nobody's really stopping me. You know, I've eaten some of my Ben and Jerry's. I've drank some of my oak milk, oak milk. Yeah. That's, I said oak milk. What are you going to do about it? That's funny. Um, so yeah, I haven't made my way through all $400, but I did, I, I cooked some chicken and it came out terribly and I ate like a third of it. Uh, and that was probably $10 or $11 because it was like a pound and a half of chicken. So that's cool. That's great. That was, no, that was not great that I wasted you know, $7 worth of chicken. Oh, you wasted it? Yeah, I'm because sorry. it was so bad. I got confused with what just came up on my computer. Okay. I'll tell you in a minute. Yeah, I heard it. Um, well, but do you think you just overcooked it? Rubbery? Yeah, I, I, that's very possible. I never, I, you, I'm, I'm always paranoid with chicken. Mm, I, I, that's how my mom is. Yeah. And so, Sometimes I ask her to, well, when I lived at my parents' house a long right. time ago, I used to make, ask her to make me fried eggs. Right. And I want the eggs that are, you can dip your toast in them. Yep. Yolk was always hard. Mm. Mm, too nervous about eggs. Anyway, Mark Norman, we talked about him earlier. Yes. His premiere just started for a special and I was like, you know what? I'll open it up just because why not? It's right. like, that'd be, it'd be playing. 
YouTube on the top right has all different amounts of money and you can tip him whatever amount of money you want to make. Oh. You want to tip him during this. That's good. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Wow, it's a lot. People are tipping a lot of money. Good. I want him to do well. Yeah. Two bucks. Hundred bucks. Wow. Wow. Twenty bucks. Two bucks. It started three minutes ago. Ten, six, five, four, two, five, two, twenty, twenty, five, ten, twenty, twenty, five, five. All right, I get the 10. point. Oh, All right, well, I, I don't. you're adding it up, right? Fifteen. <laughs> but it's just it's crazy to think about people just paying money as they watch it like yeah. that. That's pretty cool. Uh, twenty. Um, that's really really cool. Well, I'm happy for him. That's great. I hope it goes really well. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah, I know, I know. You, uh, yeah, you, you, uh, you were telling me earlier today too that you don't know if you'll be able to eat certain things before they expire. Yes, uh, I, I'm, I'll be throwing out at least one loaf of bread. Oh, can you donate it somewhere? I, I mean, oh, it's so close to going expired. Yeah, uh, it's it, it's it's tough because I also don't know. Why don't you just make sandwiches and drop them off to homeless people? Ugh, just kidding. <laughs> That would be weird, though. Yeah, it would be. Excuse me. This bread's about to go bad. Eat. You have to eat it. You have to eat the sandwich today. <laughs> I want to watch you eat it. That's funny. Yeah. Oh no. Eat it slower. Eat it slower. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. I, I'm. I'm. You know. I'm working my way through it. But like, I. I could finish my, for lack of a better term, perishables. Yeah. Uh, and move on to like all my frozen foods, and I'd be fine for another two or three weeks. It wow. just. It just wouldn't be like fresh food yeah 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 you know like oh how many frozen pizzas in a row can i eat yeah yeah. and don't get me wrong i'd love to find out the answer to that question but yeah. uh, it doesn't feel like the healthiest decision to make yeah i know i know it's been tough for me to stay on top of eating the food that i bought yes i just don't want to yep i'd be like oh i bought like today i will say i was good today i bought grilled chicken yep and broccoli and i cooked my broccoli delicious and my grilled chicken yep and uh but it's so not fun right compared to like i could order delicious food from roadie roots up the street and get an amazing poutine with yep. a duck egg on top of it yep and i'm spending less money than i normally am right so why not yep. but anyway anyway um sorry so we were talking about uh the invitation the, the invitation it's a film from i believe 2015 yes that came out and uh, I had not really heard about it. I hadn't heard about it either. You want to know what inspired me to watch it? Yes, I do. I'd love to know that. Because I was driving the day and it was gray and it was rainy and I was like, man, I'd love to watch a thriller or a horror movie, like a new good horror movie. Right. Uh, something something kind of dark. And I was like, I bet Gina's never really watched Seven. I was like, Gina, do you want to watch Seven? Right. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Powell. And she was like, no, I don't want to watch Seven. It sounds too gross. There was gross stuff in it. Yes. But I was like, ah, I'm like, well, let's watch, let's, let's look up. And I looked up like best thriller streaming 2020, April or May or whatever, <laughs> you nice. know? Yes. And so it tell and it gives you a list. They do it all the time. All these websites do yeah. it. And so I didn't realize it was from 2015. I thought it was newer. And uh, it was like, oh, the invitation is on Netflix. We watched probably six trailers of the top six movies. Mm-hmm. And the invitation is the one we settled on. Um, and it stars uh, the guy who is the the main guy in Upgrade, which I love. Yep. Um, and uh, honestly, no one else I really thought of. The guy who played Drew Carey's brother. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> um, he was also in Zodiac. Oh, yes. And uh, the trailer was extremely ambiguous. I don't know if you saw the trailer. I did not. Wicked ambiguous. Um, but I was like, this looks like it's really well shot and well done. Honestly, I watched it because you watched it and I was like, oh, this way we'll have, we'll have a movie about. to talk about on the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
I thought Invitation was good. I thought it was a well-told story. I thought it was great. And I thought that, what, you didn't think so? Keep going. I thought that, like, right away, you believe... So, I'm not... I don't want to give anything away exactly. Right, right. But part of it is like a... It is like a... Who's right and who's not... You know, who's who's right in this situation? Right. About their suspicions or something like that. Yeah. I'm not going to... I'm not going to spoil it. And so, you're like, oh, they have to be... He has to be right. He has to be right. He has to be right. Then something happens where you're like, oh, my God, he's right. And then it immediately gets diffused and he's wrong, even though he made the huge deal. Yep. And I loved that part. Yep. What did you think about that part? That was good. That was uh, probably the part of the movie I liked the most. Yes. Um, and then... Uh, I know we're not going to get into it. And then the movie continues. And I think the conclusion, it was weird. Basically, it's the type of movie where there's a conclusion that is logical. And then and that like story-wise. Right. And then there's like a new reveal in the final moments. Yep. And I wish that that had a little bit more weight to it and maybe was set up a little bit more. Maybe there was something more there to make it feel more impactful. Right. But I did like that idea. It was just a concept I feel like wasn't really set up enough yeah. during the movie. But I, I, I say I say I really like the tone. I really like the atmosphere. I really thought that it was that type of movie where you sit in it for a long time. Right. And I really enjoyed that. I... Uh I don't know that anything in this movie surprised me. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of... That part I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Um, we, we, so, when, that, when that happened, were you like... like what were you? What, I, I was like, oh! Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, but it... At, yeah. Yes. It... Uh, I, di- I, didn't, I didn't love the film. I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. Yeah. Um, certainly suspenseful. Uh, certainly a kind of a, a good atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, more of a thriller than a horror film. Totally. But uh, as far as like thrillers where I'm I'm super invested in the characters, yeah, uh, this was not one of them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like like I was I was tense, but it was more because of the atmosphere, not because I necessarily cared what happened to any of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's weird because I, I think about other movies kind of in the same genre or in the same world, and it's hard to find one that like really compares to this. Yeah. Um. Did you like sitting in, in it for a little bit? Did you like the atmosphere of the house and the people and the way they were acting? Um, yeah, I felt, the, I felt the, like it felt different to me. Um, boy, Stephen King wrote about, oh, in, in one of his collections, he talks about the idea of like, you're in a town where things just aren't right. Mm-hmm. And, and for him, it's usually the female character that picks up on it. Yeah. <clears throat> and this was like, you know, you're in a house where something is not right. Yes. But you don't know what it is. Yes, yes, yes. And you're like, oh, okay, well, the most logical explanation is this. But like, oh, wait, this other explanation is also hyper-logical. Yes. And like, oh, that would be a really interesting, t- like, so it, uh, yeah. Did you, did you, did you, did you like the, that feeling in this movie? Um, I, like I said, I, I liked feeling, it's weird because I, I felt so sure that a movie that came out <clears throat> would have the ending that it had. Right. Na- the That's, narrative ending. Not not the tag, but... Right. Um, basically, this movie does not have the cojones to take the the, the road less traveled. Right. Um, and that's, it, it's weird because I, I think if, if it had turned out that it was the road less traveled, I think I would have been disappointed. 
Yeah, I that mean, it didn't it's, pay it's, off it's what tough. was promised. It's, so it's, yeah, and and again, it it's like tough. So yeah. do you feel like and just this is just for discussion? Yeah, like it follows. Remember yes. that? Yes, we loved that clamshell phone. Yes. Oh yeah, loved it. But like, did that kind of go in the traditional way, or do you think it took like a road less followed? Um, because in the beginning they're like first scene they're like if this happens yep. this thing comes and kills you yep and so you know you see where it goes and it, se- it seems like it's it's logical right. so i don't i don't know i guess what i'm t- i guess what i'm saying is you know what, you know what i think might be your problem with it they lived with it so long right and it was so obvious yep so in other words i know you know you know what you might have liked more if they made it more ambiguous the yeah, whole time i think so maybe they because like, i thought about this too you know, the whole thing is basically that they're like acting. The, the, he's going to visit his ex-girlfriend and um, or maybe his ex-wife. Ex-wife, yeah. And their child died. Yep. They went through this traumatic thing and their relationship didn't make it through. No. And so now he's with his wife is with a new person and she invited them over for she invited him over with his new girlfriend and a bunch of other people for a dinner party. Right. So um. The whole thing is that something feels wrong, something's off, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they hammed it up so much with that something is wrong thing that you had so little doubt. Yeah. Maybe that's what the, that, maybe that's what yeah, it is. I, I think as, as opposed a, to making you really dance with your feelings, you like, you're sure of it 10% in. You're sure that... I, I think there was a specific line that, you know, uh, flipped a switch for me. Yeah. Uh, but I don't want to say it now because, yeah. you know, people haven't seen it. But... right. Um, you know, if, if people are into thrillers, yeah. uh, by all means, give it a watch. It's on Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah. um, the invitation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. You know what? I'm going to tip Mark right now. Um, cause I, I think that's really nice. I think that's cool. Did you know that YouTube did this? I did not. I'm going to put, um, um, in the world, buddy. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it cause I... So I guess, so maybe you don't know this, maybe people don't know this. When you publish videos to YouTube now, right. it's a couple different options. It used to just be public, private, which means no one can see it. Even if I send you a link, you can't see it. Right. And unlisted. I keep uh, I keep doing the private one on accident. Yeah. And then yeah. unlisted yeah. means if you share someone a, a video, right. someone can see it if they have the specific link. Now they have another one that's Premiere. Okay. So you I could upload the podcast. Yep. And it could be like, all right, it's Tuesday at eight o'clock. It's going to be done uploading in an hour and a half at nine thirty on Tuesday. Do you want to set a premiere? And you can put a premiere, and you could put as soon as it's done, right? Or you could do tomorrow at ten a.m. right, or whatever you want. Friday at eight p.m. We got to get those TGIF eyeballs. And when it goes up as a premiere, so let's say it's an hour long. For that hour, when someone for that first hour, when someone goes to it. It goes to it as if it's playing live during that hour. Right. So if you go in five minutes into it, it starts five minutes into it, whatever. Right. And you can drag it back and forth. Yeah. You can see earlier, whatever. But so he said his is his premiere for tonight at 9 p.m. So that means that right now it's like kind of premiering like a TV show. Right. So when I went to it, it was three minutes in. So all these people are watching it live and uh, people are tipping him. And I think that that's amazing. Wow, it's really, really cool. I want to, I want to, I want to email him right now. I don't want to pause the podcast, but I want to talk to him and be like, "Hey, bud, this is amazing." Because I'm proud of him. I love that guy. Um, I sent him five bucks because he deserves it for that. Um, because they were kind of talking about the idea of like, um, doing. You know, Joe and Mark were talking about on Tuesdays with Stories their podcast, right? Since they both have specials, they were saying 
could we just release it independently for five dollars each? Doesn't you know Louis C.K. did that, right? And Joe was like, yeah. When Louis C.K. started doing that, though, he had this monstrous following, so big that yeah. it worked out for him. Like, yeah, what happens if you are an independent comic and you put your special behind a paywall? But this five dollar suggestion thing is pretty great. Yeah, um, it's pretty interesting. Wow, what a cool idea! Cool thing to know about. I didn't. I didn't realize that people could do this. Right. You could essentially do like, you know, what you could do. <clears throat> Sorry for going off on of this. TGIF tangent. reunion where we reenact every Perfect Strangers script. <laughs> no, we you could do like, um, you know, like Ray and Derek and myself made that show Undependent. Yep. We could do a premiere screening of yep. it for YouTube and take it off afterwards. Oh, okay. That's cool. Yeah. And say like, if you want to watch it, you can have a suggested donation of a dollar or something right. like that. That's pretty. That's a pretty cool that's idea. It's very cool. I didn't know that they could do that. They should start. They should start pushing that. We should know about that. It's true. How come we haven't seen the article that's like, YouTube announces premieres that benefit right. creators? You know. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's time to uh, to call our buddy Jim Nellis and see what he has to say about the Rhode Island food scene. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm for it. I uh, I love talking to Jim Nellis. All right, let me give him a call. Beep boop 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 boop. Hey Chuck, hey Brad. Riff Raffle was an amazing success. We raised over $2,000 that goes directly to R.I. Feeds Our Heroes, the GoFundMe campaign that buys gift cards from local restaurants and gives them directly to the frontline staff, nurses um, that are that are fighting daily for, the, for us uh, with COVID. Um, it was a great night. A lot of people had a lot of fun. Thanks to the sponsors, New Harvest Coffee, Yacht Club Soda, Granny Squibs, and Warwick Ice Cream. What a great night. Um, I'm going to give a quick rundown of the restaurants that participated to thank them. So here we go. Providence Bagel, Avenue N, Troop, Sin Desserts, California Taco Shop, Pizza J, Hometown Pokey, Hudson Street Deli, Sandwich Hut, Small Point Cafe, Need, Tallulah's, Plant City, La Casa, Nick's on Broadway, Augusta Street Kitchen, Bristol Sunset Cafe, Dolores, and Ocean State Sandwich Company. Thanks to everybody for stepping up. Thanks for for helping us uh, raise over $2,000 for our uh, Rhode Island Feeds Our Heroes GoFundMe. Peace, everybody. Wow. Thanks, Jim. Man, I love the information he gives us, but what a windbag. He doesn't let me get a word in. You <laughs> notice that? <laughs> yes. I have noticed that. <laughs> what, a, what a windbag is yes. funny. I never said windbag before. Um, yeah. And by the way, just to, even though it's after this message, I say, uh, if you like thrillers or horror movies, you'll watch the, uh, you'll <laughs> hang out with Jim Nellis. <laughs> you'll, you'll enjoy the invitation. Yeah. To me, it's a good watch. I liked it more than Arkansas. And I think it had more of a complete story than Arkansas. Okay. Um, I liked it a lot. Uh, before we get into our final topic, which is. Let me just say fucking crazy. Yeah, it's super serious. Um, <laughs> look, I got some news items. You want to hear them? Yes, of course. Of course I want to hear You're them. You're not going to like this. Uh-oh. GameSpot.com. No. I no longer want to hear them. Deadpool creator says series has set sail as he criticizes the MCU. Ooh. Rob Leefield comments on the future of Deadpool movie series. He doesn't sound very hopeful. Uh, asked by the inverse, by inverse, if there was a possibility... For a Deadpool X Force crossover, Evil said it doesn't happen. If it does happen, it won't be soon. I don't know, he said. Here's what people don't want to hear, but thank God I'm a realist. I feel like Deadpool, the movies, they've set sail. We've got two brilliant movies, and we live in a culture that always looks forward because they're all they're ever selling us is next, 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 next. That's true. Yeah, you like that? Here's next. It's the fever. 
For me, as the fever calms down, people just need to chill out and realize that, dude, Deadpool 1 and 2 were released within two years of each other, 2016 and 2018, and I just can't. I'm really not that crazy about Marvel's plan right now. Um, it's the first time I've gone, hey, Feige, did you even have a plan? Your plan was Eternals and Shang-Chi. That was your plan. And Black Widow? That seems a little bit weird. If Marvel began producing a new Deadpool movie right now, it would be four years before it would release, Leefield said. Know what their plan for Deadpool right now is? Goose egg. Zero. Zero! Exclamation point. Says. <laughs> um, uh, I like to imagine it's Jerry Seinfeld saying that. <laughs> Goose egg! It's a zero! In 2019, Deadpool 2 director David Leitch said that Disney was trying to think of a plan to keep making Deadpool movies, but nothing was decided yet. There's a lot of mystery still surrounding what they want to do with Deadpool and Disney's Marvel world, but I think from discussions I've heard, it's all positive. I think they're just trying to figure out a way, uh, as in Deadpool's, in as Deadpool's hard, in as Deadpool's, Deadpool is hard. Trying to find a way in as Deadpool's hard. Yeah. I I mean, I would imagine that they're going to say, because they've already, I think they've already said that they're going to keep Deadpool as a rated R character. Yes. But they, do you think they would have him come into a a PG-13 movie and show up and just be PG-13? Um, yeah, I could see a, a quick cameo. Well, here's the thing. They made Deadpool 2. Right. Then they released Once Upon a Deadpool. Right, which was... Which is a PG-13 cut of Deadpool. Right. Um, so, if they made Deadpool make an appearance in like Avengers or something, you know, or Black Widow, whatever. Yep. Couldn't they say, then the next movie is Deadpool 3, it's rated R, and when it comes out in digital, we're making a PG-13 cut. And that will satisfy the fans who want to keep in touch with this character right. and stuff like that. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's crazy because after Endgame, <clears throat> and I know you know we we normally talk a lot about Marvel movies, but we haven't been able to for like 10 months because there hasn't been that much to talk true. about. Um, I really felt like <clears throat> up to here, up to Endgame is one big block of 11 years. And it's fucking crazy. The accomplishment is crazy. The the concept was crazy in the first place, and yes. it got bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more successful. Right. And it ended with creating <clears throat> the most successful movie of all time. Yes. And that's great. And from here on out, trying to spin these plates and juggle these properties and juggle streaming services and release windows and who should come back and who do people care about and how to keep everyone happy right? while acquiring the X-Men and Wolverine and Deadpool, I'm like, this is going to get... And, and having Disney Plus with series, it's only going to get harder. And from here on out, we'll have to see what happens. And it's not that I don't have faith in that. I just think that it's a task that no one has accomplished before. Right. Franchises on this level lasting for this long. So when they say the next things are going to be Eternals, and we're going to bring in Angelina Jolie and Kumail and Shang-Chi, and we are going to keep Deadpool as rated R, and we're right. going to go with the X-Men, we're going to have these miniseries, I'm like... I trust you guys that you're making the right decisions. Right. Uh, but I have no idea how it's going to pan out nope. in terms of success. And I know it's hard with all these characters to like, if they're going to be like, well, we got to keep Robert Downey Jr. for 10 years or whatever. Um, that's going to be rare. We're usually going to be able to keep people for three or four movies at most. Right. Um, including Tom Holland, who almost went away just as quickly as he showed up. Um, they probably don't want to say let's keep investing money into these people that are eventually going to age out or, right. or be disinterested. Right. Um, Hugh Jackman's not interested in doing Wolverine anymore. Right. At what point will Ryan Reynolds say, I don't want to make another Deadpool movie. Right. Although he has gone on record saying that he'll make them until the end of time. Yes. Um, that's why they make the Eternals. That's why they make Shang-Chi. Right. So they could say, Iron Man is gone. 
Black Widow is gone. You know, that's going to happen. And they want to focus on investments that will continue to excite people, continue to uh, bring people in and make people excited. So I don't have a lot of criticism for Marvel right now, um, but I also feel like I have no idea what's going to happen. You know, I was thinking about uh, the idea of there being so many superhero properties. Yeah. And there are so many, uh, you know, Disney is it's this monolithic entertainment company Mm -hmm. that owns so much. And then I was like, man, the idea of uh, like a Marvel show taking place in like Wichita, Kansas, and there's no superheroes in town or like they're not. Right. Super, super. Yeah. Uh, and first of all, I, I want to say a show like this did exist, but it was set in the DC universe mm-hmm. and whatever. But the idea of like, and then I was like, man, Marvel's blackish. And somehow <laughs> that, That's that topic, uh, that, that title just made me giggle so much. But the idea that like, you know, how do we know that Blackish isn't set in the Marvel Cinematic sure. Universe? Yeah, yeah, that's what they should do. They should just take like Sopranos and just, like, yeah, <laughs> I just any, any, you know, if, if Marvel's Perfect Strangers. Oh yeah, uh, like yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I think I think that they're gonna figure it out and they're gonna do great. And it's, I, it sucks because they're when, all set in the Saint Elsewhere snow globe. When people were talking about Spider Man a while ago, and they were like, "Why don't you bring in uh, Venom?" and "Why don't you bring in this person?" Yeah. All these different things. Um, And Kevin Feige was like, you don't understand. We have so many characters and so many story arcs that we're already playing with for years down the road and ideas that we have. Like, we don't even have time to make room. Yeah. The four movies a year release schedule, which is as as hectic as it got, was already pushing it. You know, people were already complaining. It's, you know, I think about kind of this, this year pushing everything back. And I'm like, oh, we never got to see Black Widow. Oh, what about Morbius? What was going on with Morbius? I know, I know. And then I'm like, oh, are they still filming Doctor Strange 2? Like, Doctor Strange 2 has been uh, been delayed. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was like permanently delayed, I right. think because of the James Gunn thing at some point. Yep. Um, and Black Widow is obviously filmed, even though they changed the whole soundtrack because of coronavirus, Yep. which is crazy. Yes, it is. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting thing. I mean, like, honestly... If if there was like a, a need for viewership for it and we thought it was successful, I would do a Marvel podcast every week and just talk about everything because I love it so much. I'm so fascinated with the success that they've had. Um, but I definitely fall into the category of like a Marvel fanboy. Right. But it's because of the proven success. Yeah. And it's because I'm like, I, I watched Civil War. Let's say I was in a bubble and they were like, we're not going to tell you how successful this movie is. What do you think? I'd be like, I love it. They're like, yeah. what about Ragnarok? I'm like, oh, I love it. Yeah. Like, Endgame. I love it. And then like, if I came out of my bubble and they were like, these movies all bombed, I'd be like, I don't care. I love them. But when yeah. they come out, they're like, oh, they're the most successful franchise of all time. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, it's really resonating with people as well as myself. Just like Fast and the Furious. Right. So it feels like you're connected to the culture. So I, I really believe in it as the best versions of big blockbuster cinema. Right. Like Jaws and, yeah. uh, you know gremlins and all the i don't know how big budget that is but star wars the original right back to the future that kind of stuff um so it's 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 tough uh i hope that he's wrong if i had to guess the fox merger happened when last <clears throat> spring right spring some spring into summer spring so like a year ago yeah i think so see that's the thing is if the fox merger was like up in the air until then then that's when they get to start planning for it. Yeah. So if they take two years to plan for it and put it into their schedule, then it takes two years to make. What are we talking about? I don't think we've given enough time yet to deal yeah. with how they're going to see the Fox movies and the right. Deadpool specifically. But what do I know? I'm just a boy. 
from a poor family. I'm actually pretty well off. You're just a <laughs> poor boy. <laughs> Nobody loves you, though, so we should spare. <laughs> right, ready? Yeah. GameSpot.com. Community. A movie has been teased by Dan Harmon again, so don't give up hope. Dan Harmon said, When the marketplace gets affected, conversations happen. And when conversations happen, things happen. Uh, although he believes that community fans have learned over the years to never raise expectations, keep them nice and low, and then be pleasantly surprised. I can say that there are conversations happening that people would want to be that people would want to be happening. I'm very, very excited about in the coming months. Um, so that'd be pretty crazy. Yeah, Community uh, was a sitcom. Oh, one of my faves. <clears throat> that aired uh, with Dan Harmon running things for two years, and then he took yeah. a year off, and then he came back, and then I think it had did it have two years on Yahoo. Or two seasons on Yahoo? Uh, it, it, I think it had, I think it was seasons, it was, f no, it was one season without Dan Harmon, then one season on Yahoo. Okay. But was that one also without Dan Harmon? No. No, he came back. He came back. I thought there was one on TV before it went to Yahoo. Basically, there was a joke in season one or two of the show yes. about six seasons in a movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, somehow they made it to six seasons, but they haven't had the movie yet. Yeah, yeah, And, yeah. you know, there, there were a ton of cast changes throughout. Donald Glover left to pursue his childish Gambino career. Yeah. Uh, Chevy Chase left, and they, you know, replaced and moved people around. And, yeah. Um, so... The idea of it actually getting six seasons in a movie would be wonderful. Yeah, I agree. Um, such a, a smart, fun show for such a long time. Um, and I'm interested to see kind of what else they can do. Yeah, me too. I mean, I love community. It's like my favorite my favorite comedy ever. Um, in terms of like speaks to me, you know, I love stuff like Seinfeld and friends and, and yeah. curb and you know all that stuff but it all a lot of it feels i feel like a different time yeah comedically yeah community really really uh you know resonates resonated uh with little thing you know the 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 beetlejuice joke that took three seasons to pay off <clears throat> where they just mentioned the word beetlejuice once in season one once in season two and then in season three of the halloween episode they say beetlejuice and a character dressed as yes. beetlejuice walks past in the background and stops and looks at the camera which is yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, then there was an episode where Abed in the background was going through like all these crazy adventures. He helped a woman, you know, deliver a baby and, and kind of these sitcom-y things. And uh, uh, it's so good. Like the, the idea of this, this background thing happening. And then also he made a joke about being an extra on Cougar Town and having a having diarrhea and then on an episode of cougar town he's in the background and then he gets up and runs out of the shot yes yeah and i'm like man yeah i mean i i was when i started watching community i became obsessed with it as i think a lot of people did with dan Harmon's writing style and his beliefs and comedy yeah because there was so much comedy so many jokes from different directions and there was so much heart and resolution to different storylines and yep. stuff it was like unbeatable to me i'd love to get gina to watch it but she's like it's hard, it's it's hard to get someone interested in a, a sitcom because it's just like yeah there's a million high quality sitcoms that you could watch right. and it just seems like anyone you could pick up from the top 50 is going to be great. Yeah. So if it feels interchangeable a little bit but I really want to get her hooked on that and watch it again cuz I only watched it once. Yeah. I watched it when it was like maybe when season 2 or 3 was starting or something like that. Yeah. Damn, so good. And I never watched the last two seasons I think. I love it though. Because I got weird when Dan Harmon left. 
I don't know. It got weird. Yes. Yes, it did. Then they did the, then they did the storyline after that, that said like, uh, everything was weird last year. There was a gas leak in the building and everyone was acting weird all year. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. I love that joke. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to watch it. All right. Uh, last little piece of news. What do I got? Oh man. I'm happy for this one. I know what this is. Well, you should. You're the one reading it. From comingsoon.net. Uh-huh. Nev Campbell and talks to join Scream 5. Woo! I love Scream. I love the Scream movie series. Uh, we're having conversations. I've been approached about it. Nev Campbell told Rotten Tomatoes. When conversations happen, things happen. The timing's a bit challenging because of COVID. You know, we only started the conversation a month and a half ago, so it's going to take some time to figure out how it's all going to work out. We're negotiating. We'll see. The two directors wrote me a very touching letter about Wes Craven and how he was an inspiration to them and how they really want to honor him. And that meant a great deal to me. So we'll see. Hopefully we can all see eye to eye on the project and find a way to make it. I'm so grateful for these films. I love Sydney Prescott. It's always fun for me to step back in her shoes. And it's always fun for me to see the cast come back and make one of these films again and try to make another good one. Now, I want to see how you feel about this. Not the first thing I'm just going to say. I love the Scream movie series. Um, I find the first Scream to be like an amazing epitome of slasher movies when they were kind of turning a corner and people were like not interested anymore. Right. Scream was such an amazing way to turn the genre around, not make it about a killer with a disposable cast. Right. And make it about the cast and make it a movie with like real legs, real stories, real emotions, real. Yeah. I just, I love Scream. If, if I had to pick like the top 10 movies of my youth that it informed how I feel about film, Con Air, you know that's in there. Yes, I do. Of course. Scream. Yep. Um, Scream 4 came way later. Yes. I think it's fucking awesome. I watched it once in theaters and I haven't seen it since. Yes. What did you think about it? Um, I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. You know, it's weird. I think about watching the Scream movies uh, and I had seen them, you know, on VHS at some point. And then, uh, you know, when we became friends, I don't know if it was 2008 or 2009, you were still at your, your parents' place. Mm -hmm. I, it, was, it was right like the last day of room selection. Mm -hmm. And in my weekly update that week, I wrote, for some reason, Chuck wanted to watch all three screen movies back to back to back in one night. Yes. And so I got to your house at eight. Yes. And we started watching the first one at like nine. <laughs> and then somebody had to go upstairs to get snacks. Yes. And, and it was I left the house at like 3.30 in the morning. And I was like... <laughs> What was this? Like, oh, especially I've just, because they... I've just finished two, like, super stressful weeks of work, <laughs> and now I just stayed up until 3.30 in the morning to watch movies I've seen before. And I will say, the Scream, first Scream 1, 2, and 3, they get worse. Like, yes. Scream 1 is amazing. Yep. I think Scream 2 has a lot of fun stuff in it. I really yep. like it. And then Scream 3 is kind of like, eh. Yeah. Um, so, it's tough. Well, I thought, see, I thought Scream, basically, my order of favorite Scream movies is Scream 1. Scream 4, right. Scream 2, Scream 3. Because I think Scream 4 is excellent. Yeah. The beginnings, the, the two false starts in the oh, beginning. That's yes. incredible. Yep. And yeah, can we spoil Scream 4? Is that okay? No, no one's going to care about that. Yeah. In Scream 1, you know, the story is basically uh, a girl gets killed. Yep. Um, it's played by Drew Barrymore. Her boyfriend gets killed. A couple killings happen in the town. They seem to kind of be pointing towards Nev Campbell, I believe, like their names line up, like Casey something, yeah. whatever it is. I believe that's in Scream 1. Am I getting confused? It's a scary movie. And uh, basically, uh, you know, Nev Campbell's character's mom was killed a long time ago. Right. And in the movie, she thinks it's her boyfriend, Billy Loomis, played by Skeet Ulrich. And it's kind of proved, it's proven to not be him. Right. Because a killing happens while he's in custody. Then at the end of the movie... 
and, and there's all these different people that could do it for different reasons. Right. Like there's uh, ne- uh, there's Courtney Cox's character who believes that um, Nev Campbell wrongly identified someone who's close to her as the murder of her mother. Right. Played by, say it. Oh, I, I got come on. I got nothing. Leave Schreiber. Ugh. And uh, <clears throat> there's like her movie obsessed friend Jamie Kennedy. Yep. Awesome. And then there's of course Stu and Tatum who is played by uh, what's her name? She's a maniac now. On Twitter, she's a maniac, Democrat. She cries. She doesn't want to be a Democrat anymore. Rose McGowan. And uh, there's a lot of red herrings. Then at the end of the movie, it's revealed that it's her boyfriend, Billy Loomis. And yeah. The reason the killing happened while he was in jail was because there's actually two killers. It was him and Stu working together. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. And they're the ones that killed her mom years ago. Yep. Because her mom caused the breakup of Billy Loomis's parents. And the whole time, the whole movie itself all the cast are obsessed with horror movies so there's references to psycho and poltergeist and friday the 13th and halloween and all these different things they're all movies in this world right all of them so they're kind of let's say desensitized to violence because of that and they want to make their own scary movie right they want it to happen in their town and their town is fucking perfect for it but what happens is nev campbell along with a little bit of help from courtney cox uh Kills, beats them and kills them. Yeah. Right? So that's the first one. That's the one that people remember the most. The, the second one is good. Like I said, it's still fun. Third one, less. The fourth one is basically that she has this younger cousin who's kind of in high school. Right. Similar, like, you know, person, similar boyfriend, similar surrounding people, but kind of updated from 1996 right. to, let's say, 2016 or whatever it is. Whenever it came out, 2015. It might have been 2010. You think it came out 10 years ago, Scream 4? Yeah, I, I don't think it was 2016. Whoa. Wow. I'd say it was between 2009 and 2011. Oh, no. I mean, I'm, I'm just just spitting in the wind here. I don't know for sure. 2011. Wow. Crazy. That's crazy. It's almost 10 years old, Scream 4. Wow. It's the, uh, <clears throat> anyway, so she kind of has the same situation right? Uh, with her friends. And Nev Campbell has returned to town. Courtney Cox still lives there. Uh, David Arquette still lives there as Deputy Dewey. And they're trying to help her figure out like who the killer is, the right. killer's happening. And at the end of the movie, that cousin, played by Emma Roberts, love her, she's trying to replicate the original Scream because it launched Nev Campbell's character to success as like a writer and she had right. all this... And now we're living in a culture that's even more based around tragedy and sensationalism. And so she tries to make it look the same as the original Scream where she's the victim, but really she's the killer. Yes. And the movie. And so the end happens. And then remember, she's being taken away on the stretcher. Like, we don't know if she's going to live. They take her to the hospital and all the people take pictures of her and her plan is working out. And everything is seems resolved, and then yep. they're in the hospital, and Nev Campbell's in the hospital, and they're like, "Oh yeah, she's." They said the, that your your cousin said that um, she hopes your arm is okay, and she's like, "How does she know about that?" And they figure out that she was the one that did it. It's, yeah, I, I thought it was. And then there's a big fight scene. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was masterful. Yeah. Did you love it? Come on. Yeah, I, I, I did. <laughs> it's weird because I, I just it. I just forgotten about it. I know. That's all. I know. That's that's one of the things too. You know who's a main character in that movie? Annie from Community. Allison Brie? Is a main character wow. in that movie. Did not know. I, I'm like, oh, Hayden Panettiere's in that movie, right? Oh, yeah. She's great in that yeah. movie. Beautiful. Um, yeah, Allison Brie. I know. I, I probably watched it then once. Yep. And maybe once since then. Right. But yeah, I totally forgot. And that 
Yeah, but I, but I love anyway. So Scream Four, even though to to the layman, Scream Four and Scream Five, they sound like Halloween Four and Five, right. Friday Thirteenth Four and Five. But it's weird because <clears throat> back then in the eighties and early nineties, they were pumping out these horror sequels based on the fact that people like Freddy Krueger, right? But the Scream movies, I think, are a little based more on like these are real characters that continue to grow throughout the movies, and the story is important. Yeah. So, so I think that it's hard for people to see that if they're not a fan of horror, if they're not a fan of the screen movies, if they don't understand the, the cultural context for these movies. Right. But for me and you, like Scream Five is exciting because they're going to tell more of a story. Yes. It's not going to be Michael Myers killing. Although right. the new Halloween, fucking awesome. That yeah. Halloween was great. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, oh. the, her trap house. I love that movie. I, I I was like I was like Gina, can we watch Halloween? We never rewatch new movies. Yeah evidenced by the lack of i didn't realize that scream 4 came out nine years ago and she's like ah oh, we just watched it and i was like oh, kind of it feels like that to me too i want to watch it again though that yeah. movie was, i i had so much fun with that movie and then they're coming out with part two yes which is part one of a two-part finale yes awesome oh i'm just excited for stuff <laughs> you think someday we just won't be excited for stuff anymore yes oh if that day comes i'm gonna kill myself oh no that's why i'm filming the podcast wait why why do uh what if only one of us isn't excited for stuff anymore <laughs> hello <laughs> that's why i'm filming it so that people that are sad that i'm gone they could watch the podcast it's just like talking to me yeah hours of uh yeah just like just like listening to you <laughs> yeah, it is it is all right, so now we're going to get to the crux of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Let me write this down on my post-it here really big. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to the microphone. This past week, yes. Chuck and I made a very important decision Yes, uh, for ourselves and really for the podcast. Oh, I can't hold it in anymore. We <laughs> decided that we needed... Yes. To play through the Streets of Rage video game series, originally for the Sega Genesis. Now, you can see why we would need to do this. Why our souls have felt incomplete, low these many years. I just got an email from Mark Norman. (laughs) I really did. (laughs) Hey, how'd you guys do on Streets of Rage? (laughs) I said... I was like, oh my God, I, I emailed yeah. him. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, it's crazy. All these people on YouTube yeah. and they're tipping. It's so crazy. And Mark's like, it's insane. Four, four exclamation points. He said, thanks for everything. Such a good guy. Nice. Um, yes. Streets so, of Rage. Well, we, yeah. Did you talk about the real, the inspiration? Streets of Rage 4? The, the, no, the, the I, beat ups of the summer? No, I was, I was waiting for you to, uh, to do that, but you were busy checking your personal email well, for your, for your other podcast me. friends. <laughs> That's what Ray said the other day. Yeah. I was like, I have to, he's like, are you working on this project we're working on together? Yep. And I'm like, I'm working on this, these bumpers for Mark Norman's new special. And he goes, well, he's like, I don't really like to hear that you're now befriending a comedian who's further ahead in his career. <laughs> um, but uh, man, I love Ray Harrington. Uh, I kind I, I love him. I love him. Yeah. I know I said kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I do love him. Yep. Uh, I do love him. You know what I wish though? Ted. Here's my big gripe with Ray. And maybe he'll never hear this. I mean, he's going to watch the podcast. I feel like if he's not performing or creating something, uh-huh. you're just never going to be part of his actual life oh okay like i couldn't get him to come over and play streets of rage with us it's true i couldn't get him to go to the movies with us yep he wouldn't go to he would never go to a concert he would never go to a comedy show i mean to be fair i love i love him and, and streets the thing is, of rage and i you know what i think that top two people that i talked to about 
Art, yep. you and Ray. Yeah. My favorite, you know, I love having him. I feel like we can all go back and forth and say, what about this part, story, this moment? It's great to, to do that. But uh, man, it's hard to get him to come do stuff. Yeah, especially, get him to come to a especially party. now that he's on death's door with this shingles. shingles yeah. yeah, he does have them in his ear, and that's what you said they creep into I'm his brain. I'm worried now. <laughs> you said they'd creep. Into I didn't his know brain. they were in his ear. I would have left that one you out. Said they're getting deeper. <gasps> I'm not joking. <laughs> if he has, if he ends up with brain damage, you're gonna feel like shit. I, I, you deserve it. It's not my. I didn't miss your ball. You just don't have to joke about his, his brain damage. I didn't know he was going to get brain damage. <laughs> it, was, it was. It may have been previous to his damage. Okay. Before he was damaged. Yes. But you joked about his brain damage. I didn't joke about anything. I just recited facts off a web page. All right. All right. If, if, I, if I made a mean joke about burn victims right now, and then you got burn victim tomorrow. Wait, I got burn victimed? <laughs> burned and you were a victim okay would you would, would you be offended on a thursday when the podcast came out you know no because i'm an adult <laughs> he said this before i got burned yes your <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> skin is just flaking hold off. on it's, it's the burn ward of rhode island hospital <laughs> yeah. and they're playing our, <laughs> uh, our podcast over the loudspeaker <laughs> <laughs> You're all wrapped up. You have one eye out and just your mouth. And I make this super off-color joke about burn victims. And everyone looks at you and you go, you said this before I got <laughs> It's justifiable. All right. Streets of Rage, side-scrolling beat-em-up video game. Yes. Originally, uh, it's, it's from Sega. It was, you know, Genesis, and then they yeah. also released versions for the Mega Drive and Game Gear. Yeah, and, and just so people who are not super nerdy or super into video games understand it, this is a video game that came out in probably 1991, 2, 3, right? Something like that? Yeah, I think it was 1, 2, and 4 were, were, okay. were Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3, respectively. So they're older video games. They're simpler. They were on those home consoles with cartridges, yep. Sega Genesis specifically. Um, and, and like, you know, I know about video games, but we might have some listeners who don't right. know about video games. Um, so they're shorter, they're more difficult usually. Um, and Brad and I, along with a few of our friends, including Jordan, our buddy, mm -hmm. Lou, our buddy, yep. uh, Brian Lau, yep. many of our friends. Also our buddy. Yeah. Also our yep. buddy. We love side scrolling beat em ups, right. which are like, you know, uh, the turtles in time video game for arcade Simpsons, arcade X-Men arcade. Um, and then there's a bunch of, uh, you know, home console ones like Streets of Rage. Right. Um, and then there's like licensed one, like 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 uh, Spider-Man Maximum Carnage, um, <clears throat> X-Men Mutant Apocalypse, Marvel War of the Gems, Power Rangers. There's a lot of them. Yeah. And, and throughout Ca our youth... Castle Crashers. Castle Crashers is, yep. is a newer one that's great. Yep. And throughout our youth, uh, you know, we, we each have our own journey at the time, there's no piracy. There's no emulation. Right. So you're only, you have a, probably access to a lot less games. Way fewer games. So you know when I'm maybe when I'm 13 or maybe when I'm 10 or whatever, I get um, Spider-Man: Maximum Carnage, and that's like the only beat 'em up I play for a couple of years. You know, right. Stuff like that happens. Um, as I've gotten older, as Brad's gotten older, all of us now there's emulation. Now there's piracy. Now we can have home consoles. Or, or some kind of machines, you know, with whether it's a, an Android TV box or whatever, um, that are that hold thousands of these games. And so what will happen is Brad and myself, Lou, Jordan, Bila will have these nights where we go to my house and we'll play through like three of these beat-em-ups. Yeah, we call them cool guy video game nights. <laughs> and, uh, and they might be, you know, they might be from 1989, 1992, 1993. Right. 
And occasionally there'll be a new one that comes out. But it's really, it seems like it's really yeah. not common anymore. And Mother Russia Bleeds. Mother Russia Bleeds is kind of the one I'm thinking of uh, for PS4. But um, we love doing that. And we have a ton of fun. Um, and it's four people on screen. We're four players just going around beating up people yeah. endlessly for, for for usually about 45 minutes to an hour. Typically pretty easy for a person to come in and yes. play it. Because Very you're, easy. You know, limited buttons. It's yes. not like you're... Right. It's not a complicated moveset. It's one button is attack and one button is jump. Yes, Something exactly. Something like that. Yeah. If you think about video games and you're like, oh, I'm not good at video games, you'll probably be fine at this kind yeah. of video game. So um, I actually... We started doing this like in the past year or two playing through games kind of intentionally right because privately i would always play through games like spider-man maximum carnage and, and x-men or, or um mutant apocalypse just on my own and over over my adult life on different devices but then privately over the past i shouldn't say privately then over the past couple of years with friends right you would beat them all together and i actually made a big spreadsheet of all the beat-em-ups that there are yeah many years ago chuck and i played through cadillacs and dinosaurs oh that was kind of the start of it huh? such a fun game oh, we gotta do that again yeah how many players do you think that is, Max? Three? Maybe it's just two. I really don't remember. Yeah. So we uh, we were we were um, we st- we started doing that, and I have this spreadsheet. I started doing a little bit of research of all the beat 'em ups that people say are like the best beat 'em ups, the best four player beat 'em ups, best two right. player. And so I probably have a spreadsheet of like 130 games. And one of the series that I never played with, even though it was the right age for it was Streets of Rage, which came out for the Sega Genesis because it was a console, a video game console right. I didn't have growing up. Yeah, I also had a Super Nintendo, so I, Super I, Nintendo, I, I which never was played Streets of Rage. Console. Yes. Right. So, um, Streets of Rage 4 was announced recently, yep. which is an, which is the, the first sequel to this series in like, you know... 20, 26 years. 26 yeah. years. And it looks awesome. The artwork looks great. And I was like, man, Streets of Rage uh, 1, 2, and 3 are just two-player games. Brad bought myself and himself the Sega Genesis Classic this past summer, yep. which is the new Sega Genesis that's a replica of the you know 1992 one or whatever year it came right. out in, um, with like tons of games on it. Um, and I was like, man, Streets of Rage Four is coming out. Me, and during this quarantine, we're all you know stuck inside. Yep. Brad and I should play through Streets of Rage One, Two, and Three. Yes, we get should. the story, and then we'll play through Four with uh, probably Jordan and Bilal, hopefully. Um. And uh, so I said to Brad, Thursday night, last Thursday, what are you doing? Let's play through the Streets of Rage games. And you're like, you're, <laughs> you're like five o'clock. We present our podcast at the What Cheer Pot, uh, Writers Club meeting on, yes. on Zoom, which is what yep. we did. Six o'clock, I have therapy. And then 7.30, Streets of Rage series. And I said, don't eat. And I wanted it to be a classic game night. And so I showed up with uh, an extra cheese, large pizza. Yes. And uh, barbecue chicken calzone. Yes, you did. I knew you had bought $400 worth of soda, so I didn't buy you any soda. But yeah. I brought myself a, a diet mug root beer. Yep. And I was like, we're going to have ourselves an old-fashioned 15-year-old boy sleepover. <laughs> I brought I, my jammies. Yep. My butt flap wasn't really connected. Yeah, I thought that was weird. <laughs> I that was weird. Um, but we said, we're going to sit down and be... I, bet, I did think it was funny. You fell asleep, and I put your hand in warm water, and you peed on my couch. <laughs> Like it's your couch. I don't yes. care. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I didn't think this through. I would love it if you put my hand in warm water and I shit on your couch. <laughs> ah, what the? Ah, the water was too hot. <laughs> <laughs> that was cold water. Okay. <laughs> ah, damn it. That would be so funny. 
if, <laughs> if you by the way i didn't even think it through as i was saying the joke about like putting your hand in warm water i'm like wait you're sleeping over at my house this is back for like as i'm talking i'm, I'm realizing the illogic of my joke <laughs> it's so funny if you put my hand in warm water and i shit on your couch and yeah. you were like it's your yeah. water doesn't make you shit <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny? It would be. I mean, except for, Judy. The, yeah, except for the part about my couch. What would Judge Judy say? I think she'd say you're at fault. Yes. What do you think? I, You know, I think it depends on which one of us she likes more. And then she's, oh, don't say that. And then she's Judge Judy is fair. She's going to make it up according to her whims. You think that's how Judge Judy functions? Yes. No, do you? No, I think it's whichever one has proof. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. I, we each have a little bit of the shit in the back. <laughs> Your Honor, <laughs> does this look like it's caused by warm water? <laughs> that would be so funny. Put, drink too much oat milk. Yes. Um, uh, man, anyway. Try and pick up some pasta sauce with your hand, Your Honor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, exhibit A, I like pasta sauce. Exhibit B, a bowl of pasta sauce. <laughs> She's like, I'm recusing myself from this case. Like, I'm 86 years old. <laughs> I'm too old. I make $875,000 an episode, oh, which is true. Good. Yes. Um, so anyway, I wanted to have like an old fashioned, no girls allowed, no nagging, no making the bed, no cleaning. We're going to eat cheese pizza. Yep. We're going to play Sega Genesis deep into the night. Yes. So... We fired it up and we played through Streets of Rage 1. Yes, we did. Which I had a lot of fun. Yeah. It was great fun. Very repetitive. Yes. Kind of slow Streets well, of Rage 1. You know 1? what was the, the the worst part of that repetition was that uh, there's a special attack button where uh, your, your, you know, off-screen teammate comes in and yeah. shoots a rocket launcher and kills everyone on the screen. <laughs> and uh, at the start of every level, Chuck <laughs> would forget what button did what, and he would launch that attack at literally no one, well, every single time. That button was A, and yes. that's like the special button you don't touch. That's yep. stupid. It's the first button. I mean, I agree with you. Anyway, um, but yeah, I, I, honestly, I've never played through a Sega Genesis game before that night. Yeah. And I I've never played I've... through a game with a Sega Genesis controller before that night. Interesting. And I had a lot of fun. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was very fun. I mean, obviously, it's really more about us joking around. Yeah. To be honest, I've always had this idea that we could do a podcast series called Dude, Let's Beat. And it would be a video podcast where it's me and you or whoever. We could yep. add, you know, Jordan, Bilal, or Lou. And... uh cameras on us and microphones and we play through a game we don't you know, we don't use the whole thing we just use where we're talking and joking right and because we make fun of the game especially the game growl yeah that would which is about poachers yep it's hilarious um and we just uh we just have fun and we just kind of joke around and i i would have done it that night but i just wanted to be like a hangout night yeah i didn't really want to take the time to set up the cameras and set up the recording equipment make sure everything's recording right and yep. filming and i didn't want it to be laborious i wanted it to be yep. fun but yeah, Streets of Rage Rage One was fun. It was uh, it was very um, it was it was felt really easy, um, or most for the most part it felt easy. But it was slow. It's tough because you have this thing called friendly fire where like if I punch, and I'm punching an enemy, but I'm too close to Brad, I'll punch Brad and hurt right. him. And we kept doing that. We kept grabbing each other by accident. Yep. Uh, what was the story of Streets of Rage One? Uh, Mister X <laughs> has somehow taken over the city. Yeah. And. Uh, 
we we have a choice of three characters. We yeah. can be Axel, yes, uh, who cool. is who is a, a cool blonde guy with like uh, acid wash jeans and a white t shirt. Yep. We Blaze, who is a, a, a female martial arts expert. Yeah, uh, or we can be I think as is it Adam? I've forgotten his name every time. Yeah, uh, who is like a, a kind of a boxer. Yes. Um, and uh, you know that's your choice of characters as you as you fight through the game. Yes. Um, so yeah, so we yeah, I guess the story is basically Mr. X has taken over the city and it is somehow there's a nefarious plot involved, <laughs> but it's it's pretty unclear as to what it is. <laughs> well, you just it's basically just like I'm going to take over the city, right? And we're like, hey, you can't do that. I, I think there's like <laughs> the the. The, all the police are corrupt and we're like fighting through to take him down. He's a crime boss in some yes. form or fashion. And we're like, hey, crime isn't good. We're against it. Yes. We're going to fight everyone on our way to you. That's correct. Um, and, uh, you know, it was it was fun. We got to the end. This So at the end, it was so funny. So fucking funny. The, we get to the crime boss, Mr. X, and he goes... I want you two to join my gang. And like, you know, we're getting used to the controls and it shows yes and no as options. And obviously you're the heroes of the story. You're supposed to say no and fight him. Right. And so I was like, Brad, let's do a save state here, which means it saves where you are and you can go back to it. Right. And I was like, we'll do a save state here. We'll both press yes. Just to see what happens. And we'll see what happens. So we did a save state. We both pressed yes. And he's like, he hit a trap door and it sent us back two levels. Like we'd have to play through those levels again. Right. So I was like, all right, we went back to the save state where we saved and it had the options up and I went to change mine to no and I had already pressed yes by accident. <laughs> so in the story and like there's no way to get around this that we knew of at the time with, with, to go back without playing through the entire game again. Right. And I had already said yes, I joined his gang. So Brad said no. So he was like, you have to fight each other to the death. So we just had to fight each other. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want to see the end of the game. So I guess you have to beat me or else I'll just yeah. get sent back two levels. So I had to pummel Chuck, four <laughs> lives out of Chuck and then fight Mr. X by myself. <laughs> yes. And, and, and you barely beat him, but you beat him. Yes. Right. And I think we died maybe once, like, like complete game over during right. the thing. And we had to... To start one level over or something like that. Something in the first like one. That. Yeah. All right. So then we ate more pizza, more cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, onto Streets of Rage two. Big jump in graphics, I think. Yes. Big jump in uh, fluidity. Yes. Of controls. Uh, no longer would pressing the A button bring uh, your friend to shoot a rocket launcher and kill everyone on screen, right, right, which was right. very helpful. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, in terms of our strategy. Um, uh, music. The music. I, I think. I feel like in, in my reading about the Streets of Rage series, a lot of people praise the music. Yeah. Uh, especially of the the time and Streets of Rage two specifically was the the guy who composed it was like I think club music is going to be popular so I'm going to use club music. Wow. But like chip tunes right of club music right as the background of Streets of Rage 2 and there are people who are like yeah I, I listen like I have listened to that soundtrack just on its own because I like the music and I'm like that is insane. I like the music of Mega Man X a lot. Right. So I understand. And I like the Mario music a lot. I'll say this, I just found uh the story of each game. Should I just read it? They're pretty short. Yeah. So Streets of Rage 1, the game we just beat. What was once a peaceful and prosperous city has fallen into the hands of a crime syndicate led by a man known only as Mr. X. The syndicate has absorbed the city's government. Anyone can be bought if the price is right. And even has the city's police in their pocket. Crime is rising rapidly and no one is safe walking the streets day or night. (gasps) Three police officers, Adam, Axel, and Blaze. uh, uh, Adam Hunter, Axel Stone, and Blaze Fielding repeatedly try to make a task force to counter and resist the syndicate, but with their superiors either bought out and bribed by the syndicate or too fearful to stick their necks out, nothing is done. Finally, 
Adam, Axel, and Blaze decide to take matters into their own hands and resign from the police force, taking to the streets as vigilantes ah, to yeah. put a stop to the syndicate. They are willing to risk everything, even their lives, on the streets of rage. That's cool. That's very cool. All right. So we, like I said, we beat that one. Want to hear the story of the second one? I'd love to. Mr. Please. X is still in charge. One year has passed since the Adam Hunter, Axel Stone, and Blaze feeling successfully defeated Mr. X and broke the uh, broke up the syndicate crime organization's hold in the city. Peace has returned to the streets. The once oh, God damn you, fucking God damn it! I hate when ads push the page down. Yeah. They take up the top. God damn you. The once vacant neighborhoods are being repopulated and prosperity has returned to the city. Adam has returned to the police force while Axel and Blaze have moved out of the city and found jobs as a bodyguard and a dance instructor, respectively. Do you remember that? Nope. On the anniversary of their victory over the syndicate. Ah, okay. Adam, Axel, and Blaze reunite to celebrate and talk about old times. I would do that with you. The next day, however, Axel receives a frantic call from Adam's younger brother, Eddie, who returned home from school to find their house completely wrecked. Worse, no one at the police station had seen or heard from Adam since that early morning. <gasps> It's early that morning. Axel and Blaze rush to investigate and find a photo of Adam in chains laying at the feet of a man they know only too well. <laughs> Mr. X. Ah, and the syndicate have returned and thirsty for revenge have kidnapped Adam in the hopes of luring Axel and Blaze into a trap. With the criminal syndicate out in full force and their old friends from the police force either fired or transferred elsewhere, Axel and Blaze take to the streets along with a friend of Axel's, Max Thunder Hatchet, and Adam's kid brother, Eddie Skate Hunter, with the goal of rescuing Adam and stopping Mr. X and his criminal syndicate once and for all. Okay. So we fought through that one. Four uh, playable characters uh, yes. with different different styles. And so. one thing we found out, because we were like getting close to getting another game over, we were like, what are we going to do if we get game overs? We can't just keep starting over these games. Right. We looked online and it was like, oh, you can have a cheat where you increase your lives and have a level select so you can choose what level you're at. So if we die on level four, right. we could just start there if we want to. So we're like, oof, oof, that's going to be better. And again, really, really fun. Probably my highlight of the night in terms of the three oh, yeah. games. That's yeah. my favorite one. Yeah, it was good. And then at the end, uh, Ray, our buddy, called right when we were about to get asked to join the gang again. Remember that? Yes, I, I was do. Like, Ray, I have to pay attention. Uh, it was funny because he called me later and he goes, listen, he's like, I don't appreciate it when uh, you're, I'm trying to talk to you and you and Brad are laughing at me. And I'm like, oh, we weren't laughing at you. <laughs> no. We were laughing because I was about to approach a time when I had to choose whether or not to join the <laughs> bad guy's gang. And I didn't want to accidentally join his gang again. Um, and again, it was just a fun time. We joked throughout. We ate pizza. You know, yep. We had fun. It was really fun. Then it came to Streets of Rage 3. It sure did. And that's where things changed, which I didn't expect. Yeah. Uh, Streets of Rage 3. Let's see. Oh, my God. Oh, these stories get longer and longer. Oh, no. They, no, no. Never mind. It's because yep. it's a Japanese version, English version. All right. Streets of Rage 3. Please read the Japanese version. <laughs> Despite having defeated, having been defeated twice, Mr. X is far from finished in his efforts to take control of the city. He's been laying low using... Robos, R-O-B-O-C-Y. Robocy? Robocy Corporation as a front for the syndicate crime organization's business activities. And he has now brought in a genius, if eccentric, roboticist, Dr. Dom, to help him with his newest scheme to replace key city officials with exact robot duplicates under his control, allowing him to run the entire city by remote control. To divert the police's attention, he has his man plant bombs around the city. I don't remember any of this. Uh, I remember the bombs around the city. At the end, yeah. However, 
One Robusy Corporation researcher, Dr. Gilbert Zahn, digs a little too far into his corporate files and finds the connection between Robusy Corps and the syndicate. Core. Corp? Yeah, Corp. Right? Right. It's sort of a corporation. Yeah. Due to his criminal record, he can't go to the police with this information. Does that make sense? Nope. (laughs) So instead, he goes to Blaze Fielding. Ah. He tells her that the syndicate plans... His forward dance instructor. (laughs) He tells her that the syndicate plans to capture him and replace the chief of police. Blaze quickly sends word to her friends Axel and Adam about what's going on. Axel quickly responds, but Adam has his obligations to the police force and can't come. Though he sends his brother Eddie Skate Hunter on his behalf. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Together, they'll work together to stop the bombings and put a stop to the syndicate once and for all. This is what's weird. I always thought of Streets of Rage as this Axel guy and this Adam guy. Yeah. And they're the main people in the first one. But then Adam's just not in two and three. No, he's not. That's weird. It is. Why do you think that is? I thought of it as... Axel and, you know, the, the girl? girl, Blaze. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. You don't know. I shouldn't say that. I thought of it as the three from Streets of Rage 1. Yes, me too. Uh, but I didn't know kind of who they were. Yeah, same here. Um, so we started playing. Well, let's let's say one thing real quick. Streets of Rage 2, we're playing. One of the health things I didn't talk about in the beginning is that every, basically right now, every morning, I work until like, you know, four in the morning, 4.30. Right. I go to sleep. I get woken up every day at like nine in the morning because everyone's home. Like right. Jordan, my roommate, my girlfriend, Gina, my dog, Swiss, all home all the time because right. of quarantine. And Jordan's 10-year-old daughter, Callie, uh, for a long time, she actually went home the other day. And uh, every day, there's just so much noise in my house that I wake up and I have to put earplugs in every right. single day. It takes me a while to fall back asleep. I get up around 12. I usually get like, you know, six and a half hours of sleep. But I don't know how this affected it, but every day between like 7.30 and 9.30, I fall asleep. Like every single day, I yeah. get like unbearably yeah. tired. Right. Yeah, PM. But I fall asleep for like 20 minutes. It's, right. I, I, I hate it. It's the oat milk. I don't know what it is. It's frightening. Frankly, it's frightening. We were playing Streets of Rage 2. Yep. And I'm just playing and playing. I'm beating up people. And suddenly my character stops and Brad goes, did you fall asleep? And I did. And I just woke up and kept fighting. That's crazy. <laughs> yes, it was. Something's wrong. Yes. I'm, I'm going to be a goner in the next week. I think this is the last episode of the podcast. You know what? No. I think you're going to be fine. Oh, wow. You really turned to leaf. Yes. Um, so anyway, Streets of Rage 3. What was your opinion? Um, it was way more challenging. And at that point, we had been playing the same variety of game. Like if, if you showed up at, you know, let's say 7, you know, 20 with the pizzas we ate, we probably started the games at like 10 till 8. Yes. And at this point, it was like 11. Yeah. So we thought it was going to be like 45 minutes to an hour for each game. Right. And but at it's this, proving to be longer. Right. At this point, we're three hours in of basically playing at this uh, Streets Rage 3, kind of similar backgrounds, similar fight mechanics. This button does this, this button does that. And I was just burned out on these games. Yeah. And uh, and also Streets Rage 3, much more difficult. The levels are longer. You know, your, your punches and your kicks mm-hmm. take away uh, less of the enemy's health. Yes. And it was just not fun at that point. Yeah, it was just the, the, the difficulty level... It almost was like the first game was like uh like a five. Yeah. Second game was like a six and a half. Yep. And the last game was like a nine. Yeah. It, it was just, the difficulty level jumps so much. Well, here's I so I was looking that up today, and yeah. I guess uh the Japanese version, the difficulty level is about a six. Um and then we for the that one then. for the Western version, uh they made it significantly harder. Why? 
because they didn't want people to beat the game with a single rental from like Blockbuster. Wow. That's, you know, like yeah. nobody has come out and said that, but that's the prevailing theory is that they wanted people oh, to so, either rent it multiple times or so buy the game. between two and three, did <laughs> rentals become more prominent? I, th I think so, yeah. Wow. So, so Or they realized they weren't making enough money from rentals. Right. So they're like, well, how can we do that? And let's let's make it more challenging. And it's weird because like there there have been other games, and I don't know the names of them, yeah. uh, that the Western releases have been easier mm -hmm. uh, because Western audiences don't have the patience uh, yes. to like work through these games. But this case, it was vice versa. Flipped. Yeah, <clears throat> you know what it was? Uh, that was the story behind Mario Brothers 2. Yes, that was it. The first original Mario Brothers for the NES in like 1984 uh, was like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, it's the and one. It, it's the one we all know. And love. The one we all know. Yeah, and we and it was it came out the same in in both uh, continents, and then they released Super Mario Brothers two in Japan, and it was wicked hard, and it was just kind of the same type of game, but much harder. Right, same same graphic style and everything. And so, basically, here, like some guy, it's like an individual guy right. who worked on arcade machines here was like, that game is too hard for us audiences. It's going to be a failure. And so they took a game called something, something Do Doki Doki panic. It was Doki Doki panic. Yeah. That's the whole name. Yeah. Oh, so Doki Doki panic, which is a real game being developed for NES. And they just put Mario in it. And that became Mario brothers Two right. us. Yep. Um, because of that, it was which is a much easier game. And now the original Mario, Bro Mario Brothers two that was released in Japan is referred to as Super Mario Brothers: The Lost Levels. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, so so to explain that that rental theory a little bit more, now games will take a certain amount of time investment. Right. Whereas games in 1993 or four, you know, maybe maybe you could beat them in 50 minutes if you right. if you're great at it. Right. So increasing the difficulty forces the player to memorize the levels and have to get really good to be able to right. play through the entire thing, which is probably difficult to do in a weekend. Yes. Yeah. So it was so fucking hard. And we basically, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how long it took, but the first level, it feels like it took four times as long as the yeah. first level of Streets of Rage 1. And so we were playing it and it got to be way later than we expected. And you were like, I'm not having fun anymore. And yeah. I was like, man, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it's probably affected by the fact that this is, you know, we're three and a half hours into this. Right. But, and also this is hard. I'm like, let's just come back to this another day before the podcast. Yeah. Podcast. So we did. And we used the level select. I, I came we back here. Extra, extra lives. Yeah. We, we'd use the level select. We're like, all right, we're fresh. We're good. We started playing again. So it seemed even more difficult than the other night uh, as yeah. the game progressed, I guess. Playing, playing, playing. And man, we got like, you know, I don't know how far we got, but I, I was like, I died. And and yep. the thing is the level select in this for the nerdy people in here doesn't actually let you select the last level. Right. It doesn't actually let you select the last two technically, right? Right. So you have to so we started with nine lives on the and the second or third to last level and I still died before the end and got a game over. Went yep. through two continues and everything. And so me and you get to the end. <laughs> you get to like the boss of the game. Right. And I'm like, we're watching it. I put on my Snapchat today and you guys have like identical life bars left yep. and you're like beating him, beating him. I'm like, Brad, you can do this. You can do it. And it, we were so close to beating yep. him and he killed you in the last few seconds. It was basically whoever kind of gets the next combo attack in. Yeah. And yeah. he did. And I didn't. And I'm like, 
Like I don't want to have to play through because you know at this point you'd have to play through two levels. Level level six you can select two. Yeah, and then so you have to finish that and then play level seven and again. They're time consuming and difficult. They really are. And it's like you don't even know if you're going to end up at the end, right? With as much life left or right. whatever. So we're like, holy shit. And at this point, and so it's we're we're so stupid. We're fucking grown adults. We can't beat this video game. Yep. And so we're like, God damn it, we got to figure this out. And I'm like, all right. And I start looking up uh, the fact that you can get your characters like super, like uh, you know, enhanced so that their yeah. their hits take away more damage from the enemies. They hit faster, or whatever. Yep. We're looking up codes. How long did we spend trying to get the codes? Thirty five minutes. <laughs> we could not get these codes to work. Yep. They're cheat codes for Streets of Rage three. Every website was like different. Yeah, it was sli- like, slightly different. It was sometimes like, it's it was up like, and two, and sometimes it's, it's like the C. And, yeah. So it's like Zahn is the character. And it's like to get Super Zahn, when you select him, both players have to press C. Yep. Like, okay, we try that. Doesn't work. Like, oh, let's try to press C at a different time. Do it again. Doesn't work. Do it again. Doesn't work. Do it again. Doesn't work. Look at another website. It's like every, both players have to press up and C when you do it. Yep. I'm like, okay, we try that four times. Doesn't work in different places. On this one, uh, you have to do this. You have to rotate the directional pad. And we just tried and tried and tried and couldn't until we figured out, wait a minute, we're using the level select. Let's try it from level one. And if you start, if you do that stuff from level one, it works. Right. So, and we're like, we're not going to start this game over nope. with these super hyped up characters. Although, how about this? Let's make a promise right now. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. We will beat Streets of Rage 3 at some point. With our hyped up characters from the beginning. Yes. I think only one of us can have them though. Oh no, you can get skate, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. But man, holy shit. I mean, if there's more cheese pizza involved. I mean, right. yeah. It was it was a task to the point where I'm like, I don't like Streets of Rage 3. Yeah. Is that how you feel? Absolutely. That's how I feel. Ooh, or should we play the other, the Japanese version? I mean, that's if we can find it. That's the smarter move. Yeah. If we can find it. What are you kidding me? Um, That's the smarter move. Man, though, it was tough. It was really, really... I'd never in a million years thought we would end this by being like we were unable to beat yeah. that game. What we were able to do, though, was watch all the endings on YouTube. Tell, tell them about the endings of Street <laughs> So Street. There, there are multiple endings. One, if you... Now, beat- don't forget, they're making robots. Mr. X and the Syndicate yep. are making robots to replace city officials in this game. Yes. And we're defusing bombs. So, uh, ending one is if you're playing on easy mode. Uh, you it, it ends on after level five instead of level eight. Mm-hmm. And it says, you only beat my, you know, robot replacement. You fight like a beginner. The end? Question mark. Yeah. Very unsatisfying. So, and then, and it, so it, so basically you miss out on the actual final right. level and then the additional battle after that. Right. So then the, the, the ending that. Now I, it's getting real nerdy. Yeah. But I don't care. We're the ending thorough. that I almost got. Um. <laughs> Was basically, if the police chief dies because you don't finish a level yeah, the in level, a certain amount of time. The level before the final level, battle. Level six. Level yeah. six. We There was a timer. We didn't know that the timer was like, the police chief will die. It seemed impossible to yes. beat all the guys you had to beat. Still does, To yeah. get to the police chief before he dies, right. before that timer runs out. But if, yeah, so if you do get to him before it runs out. We, well, we well we did we did we, we did not. So we so if you don't, so if if the police chief dies, right? Sorry, you then have to go to police headquarters, fight your way through, and fight. I guess the robot that was taking his place. <laughs> I guess so. Somehow, I don't know if that. No, no, that was yeah. Shiva. Yes, that was Shiva. Right. We don't fight the robot. Right. So we fight Shiva. Right. So if you, I, I guess. 
like that's level seven. Maybe you, you go there regardless. Uh, well, yeah, we go there yeah, regardless. Right. We, you basically, you have to fight. You, so you go to his press conference. Right. You interrupt his press conference and reveal that the chief is a robot. Yep. And Shiva, this ninja that works for Mr. X, fights you, yep. which is where Brad died. Yeah. And if and if and if the police chief wasn't saved, like we said, right. the game ends there. Right. If you do save the chief in level six, then you go to level seven, you beat through the fight. You through beat the, Shiva. You beat Shiva. And then it takes you to Mr. X, who is actually not alive. He has a brain in a mechanical suit. <laughs> yes. And, okay, ending number three possibility, you don't beat him within the established time frame. Yes. And in that case, the bombs around the city blow up. Yes, there's a, and there's so a, time, get, there's a timer the entire time you're fighting You him. get a text crawl that's like, people in this town have lost faith in the rule of law. <laughs> Because so many bombs blew up, and this is if you do beat him, just right. not in the just time, just not in quick enough time. Yeah, and and so the like the best possible ending is if you save the police chief and you beat Mister X in the in the the right amount of time, and then it's like you defuse all the bombs and people are happy, and yes. then it, and then it's like a, a a still shot of like all you standing like at, so a, many, at a railing looking out. How many possible endings? One, four, two, right? Four, yeah, yeah. four. So, uh, yeah, it, it, and it's, you know, I, I think we're so used to games now and like these beautiful cinematic endings and, you know, the choices you make have, uh, have an impact on, on the way the world ends or whatever. But, uh, and, and so, you know, looking back at a, a game that came out in 1994 and saying like, well, the ending sucked, but yeah. like at the same time, like it would have been over. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, I was God. so mad that I, I, I was so close to Shiva. Uh, and, it was crazy. It was yeah. so fucking difficult. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun beating through. Like I love, honestly, I love playing through those old beat 'em ups. Yeah, it's so fun, and just joking around and just eating pizza and drinking root beer. Yep, it's good stuff. Yeah, it was. Uh, so now, hopefully, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we'll play through Streets of Rage Four, the yep. brand new game that came out like a week ago. Yes, um, that looks amazing. It looks great. It's free on Xbox Game Pass. Yes, uh, myself, you, Jordan, Bilal, we all have Xbox Game Pass. So hopefully, we'll play it online and beat it. Yep. And I heard there's a lot of cool Easter eggs and, and things Sweet. like that. There was an Easter egg in Streets of Rage 2 where you basically, if you beat a certain boss, he has like a kangaroo pet that that's, beats that's, you up. That's the beginning of Streets of Rage 3. That's 3? Yeah. So the, the end of level 1. Are you sure? Yeah, I think so. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're right. Yeah. Um, you, uh, if, you beat the guy, if you beat the trainer but not the kangaroo, yep. then the kangaroo becomes part of the game and you can play as yes. the kangaroo. Yes. Uh, and that was really cool. I mean, overall, it's really fun. It's it's a. I, I really had a lot of fun doing it. I like stuff like that, like wacky stuff. Right. But Streets of Rage three, I really feel like the difficulty level was so high that it was not fun. That's correct. Yeah. Crazy. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So this was never in the arcade. Uh, I don't think so. It's no. it's weird because I again it just. Uh, it, I I talked about the game Final Fight and yeah. kind of that as a side scrolling beat 'em up. And you're not super familiar with it. To me, like when I was going to arcades, yes. you know, in in 1990 or, or 89 or whatever, when I was. Um, you know, 11. Yeah. Final fight was like a fun side scrolling beat em up. And one of the first ones that I remember and, uh, you know, does one of those characters have stonewashed jeans and a white t-shirt? Yes. Yes, they do. So, you know, streets of rage was definitely inspired by final fight. It came out second. Yeah. hundred percent sure. Yeah. Final fight came out first. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It was, it was a fun time hanging out with a friend, yeah. you know, Keeping them awake uh, via the magic of beating up Mr. <laughs> X. So it was good stuff. That's really funny. 
Yeah, it was good times. Um, I'm glad we played through it, and I'm glad uh, now we're going to play... Uh, Street to Rage 4. Street to Rage 4. That's yeah. it, baby. Nice. Yeah. Um, well, folks out there, if you have finished any of the Streets of Rage games, um, or if you want to talk about anything else that we've talked about tonight or anything else you want us to talk about in the future, yeah. send us an email, chuckandbrad at gmail.com, or find the email link through chuckandbradpodcast.com. Yeah. Happy to read it and uh, and and you know answer whatever it is you're asking. Yeah, and go watch Mark's special right now, youtube.com slash Norman. You can find us Norman. on... Uh, it's an a, it's a D at the end. Is Norman it Mark with a C or Mark with a K? K. Yep. Mark. K. Yep. Norman D. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you can find us on social media. Chuck is at Discount Chuck. I am at Brad Rohr. That's B-R-A-D-R-O-H-R-E-R. Yes. Thank you all so much for watching slash listening, yes. uh, whatever floated your boated. Yes. Um, Chuck, that's all I've got. That's all I got. Deuces.
Lost our momentum.